to I Did This Instead of Killing Myself, a stand-up comedy podcast based in Greenville, South Carolina. It's the week of December 26th, 2022, day after Christmas. So uh, I wasn't going to put an episode out this week. We're going to take a break, but um, I'm recording this on Christmas Eve because my plane got delayed. I was supposed to go to Michigan. So uh, it's it's, uh, 101 a.m. on Christmas Eve. Haven't seen Santa. Ah, you know, it's kind of sad being by yourself on Christmas Eve because of a snowstorm, but, uh, it might be more sad that I don't care. Uh, I've, I was just like, yeah, whatever. We, we, there was a comedy show, uh, tonight I went to, uh, Cody Hughes, uh, he's good. Uh, so, uh, we, I just watched that and it was, it was fun (laughs) and hopefully the flight gets in tomorrow, but, uh, you know. Good, whatever. Christmas Eve. It's still fun. Making this is fun. I like this. It's not even that sad because I legitimately enjoy this. Okay, whatever. Uh, and also, we did Access Carolina last Friday. They let me talk and um, talk about the comedy scene and uh, thought we'd show off the podcast. So shout out whoever was has ever been on this show because we got to do a little shout out. Uh, and uh, I don't know how I think it went okay, um, but you know, uh, if anybody clicked on it who saw on Friday, thank you for clicking on it. If you didn't know about this show before, this is it. This is this. I hope you like it. Um, hope you're not like, well, what is this, huh? Well, this is it. It's not much. I'm in my living room right now. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks for listening. I think we have a good guest for any new listeners too. Our guest today, and it's also fitting, like day after Christmas, what better way to start your day after Christmas by getting a rant from our resident Jew, Adam Schulte. Adam's cool. He, he lets me call him a Jew to his face. He's awesome. Uh, he's great. So Adam's been in the comedy scene uh, 10 years. He's one of our old guys. West Virginia. Um founding member of stone grown comedy um he uh does uh muay thai muay thai i'm so tired right now I, muay thai not jujitsu yeah muay thai um yeah we catch up with adam what he's been up to what new medications he's on um adam book shows all around the area and uh he uh where's my notes um he um he helped a lot of us new comics who started during COVID get up on stage the first time. So for anybody who doesn't know that, like that was really important to me and, um, good stuff there. Um, unfortunately we started this interview talking about crypto cause that's what we talked about last time he was on. Um, but we move on from that quick cause crypto is a scam and I was wrong. Crypto. Uh, what else did we talk about? We talked about, uh, some throwback stuff. Talked about um, some of what he's been up to in Muay Thai. Uh, we got a bunch of rants in there, stories. We talked for, I can always talk to Adam for a long time, a couple hours. So, yeah, check him out, man. Adam's great. Click on the links below. Get to know Adam. And uh, hope you uh, enjoy the interview. Before we get to the interview, though, here's what's going on this week in local comedy, the week of December 26, 2022. Tonight, Monday, Coffee Underground, 7 o'clock. Um, 
6.30 sign up for comics. That's hosted by No Expectations Comedy, Travis Thub and Craig Holcomb. Tuesdays, we have a new mic, Sharky's Pub. This is a brand new mic at 8 o'clock. Uh, comics sign up at 7. Um, since this is a brand new mic, comics come out. We got to make sure they this mic goes well. Um, <clears throat> it's uh, Sharky's is a cool spot because a lot of us do karaoke right after. And we hang out there a lot. But we've never done comedy there. So it'll be fun. There's new. Uh, our, it'll be a fun setup because it's all girl hosts. We don't. We have like dudes hosting all the other mics. So this one will probably be more organized. Um, the hosts are rotating hosts are going to be Cassandra Jane, Callie Passafume, and Amelia Nelson. Message them if you have questions. All right. Art Bar also on Tuesday. This is in Columbia, South Carolina, hosted by Patrick Fowler. It's an 830 show. Wednesday, Tom Emmons, Swamp Rabbit Comedy, open mic at the VFW Post 9273 in Piedmont, 7 o'clock show, 6.30 comic sign-up. Also on Wednesday, we have the disclaimer, open mic in Asheville, 8 p.m. show, um, Carrie Goff, point of contact. Thursday, Jokes Out Loud is happening, that is an 8 o'clock show, um, Brandon Rainwater. Sign up for that is every Sunday at 5 o'clock on the Jokes Out Loud Facebook page. Friday, all jokes aside at Habiba's Mediterranean Restaurant, hosted by Dante Anderson. That's a 9 o'clock show. And this weekend at the Comedy Zone, New Year's weekend, we have Monty Allen. He has one show on Friday, December 30th at 8 o'clock, and one show on Saturday, December 31st at 8 o'clock. Tickets available at GreenvilleComedyZone.com. All right. That's it for local comedy. I hope you guys have a fantastic uh, week. Happy New Year, and I uh, hope you enjoy the interview. Here it is. New meds. You're on new meds? Yeah, I'm uh, several meds. I've changed it up. I'm Merry s- Christmas, everyone. <laughs> the irony of it being Christmas. <laughs> the irony of it. This, In the, honor of a Hanukkah Christmas episode. Where are my Jews at? We have our favorite Jew. I don't know about favorite. <laughs> like, se- I don't. Semi tolerable. I think. I, yeah above average tolerable i think that's fair i think you're very tolerable uh, not by some people motherfucker a lot of motherfuckers don't I like feel me comfortable saying jew is because ari's special just came out yeah called can, jew yeah you can say jew i don't care yeah yeah if you, even if you put a little like mm, jews i don't I'm still not gonna get mad <laughs> okay let me just double check to make sure our, we're, we just started recording with yeah we'll see i don't it goes. think that's distorted I think uh, we're sounds... gonna find out if not we just say we use, i use my uh magic and uh space lasers to fuck up the audio yeah adam's jewish powers made the audio levels yeah. uh, uh. good oh mine's a little too loud i think that's okay da, 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 da. Welcome back, Adam. Hi. Has everybody thanks, thanks has everybody for, missed me or nobody? This is gonna get tens of views in like three years. Just no, so you know. no. This is uh I'm I'm happy that uh it's I still going. Too. And uh This is third visit. This is your third yep. yeah. I'm trying to I think the first time we talked just general background mm-hmm. on stuff. The second time we argued about politics. Yeah, that was too much. That was not fun for me. Way I mean, too it much. was, but it wasn't. What's that? It was. It wasn't. And we talked about crypto. Like you were really into talking about crypto. Well, actually, yeah. And I kind of I thought about revisiting that because uh, boy, was I wrong. <laughs> well, we might talk about crypto. As, well, as of recording this, it's December, twenty twenty two. It's the tenth. It's the tenth. Yep. So um, I had to look at my my watch slash phone because I I don't know days anymore. Did you follow what happened with crypto? How it all crashed? Um, the FT. I, I've been following the FTX thing a little bit, but that's about it. Yeah, I don't know the. Yeah, I don't have a lot of details, but basically, a lot of people's money is like inaccessible now. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's a scam as old as time. Yeah. But it, here's what I'll say about crypto. I think long term it is going to be a viable source of building wealth. I think right now, the same way the stock market is, it's buying an intangible for mm-hmm. the most part. When you're buying intangibles, man, it's it's harder to gauge long term value. Just bottom line, because it can change on a dime. And this crypto is the same thing. And there's uh, even when you're buying an intangible, there's either a finite source or uh, a made up infinite source. So when you have those two options, if it's a finite source, like uh, like Bitcoin is kind of a special one. It's supposed to be finite or it's it's finite. It's finite to a point because you have to mine it and it takes forever to get just a fraction. Um, So there is X amount. And there's a limit, right? Because once they make they make a little bit more that you can mine. But at the end. Um, there's a point where they don't make any more. Yeah. There's so, like a rule written in. Yeah. But. So there's like a, after so many teraflops and so many, so many mathematical, uh, computations, it's done. It just can't go any further. Kind of like there is an end to pie, but we don't know where it is, but there is an end. Yeah. Um, Did you ever do that in school? Pie day? Dude, they tried. And I, I got to like 17 or 18 i said this is fucking stupid. we did that as like a class project and you did all the decimals to pie around the room like on on paper and they like 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 she, does this sound like a fun project to you I thought, no this math teacher was so fun he wrote pie and all the decimals out and then it like it was like about the size of like wallpaper like old school wallpaper and it wrapped all the way and I don't think we got all the digits, but that, that, but, but yeah, but, but then like you have like the inflated source and the, the made up infinite, which is a lot with more, more akin to the stock market. Yeah. Um, you can always, Oh, there's new shares and we can short the stock and blah, 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 and GameStop and all that bullshit. So yeah. The, yeah. That, that to me gets it with stock market stuff, like the yeah. short selling, the short squeezing, yeah. all that stuff. That's sketch. It's but a, dude, when uh, it's when when crypto crashed recently, I th- I had like this uh, thought, this horrible thought that the whole thing was Most a scam horrible. from Boom. the beginning. What? <laughs> Most thoughts are horrible, according to the internet. Yeah. Um, well, what I thought was like, what if it was, you know, I think it's such a brilliant scam because they made this really sophisticated argument to support it that kind of made sense. And so, like, you get because you want the conspiracy theorists who believe it to think they're smarter than everyone else. You know, ah, libertarians. Yes, exactly, exactly. So you watch. <laughs> I'm just being an asshole. No, no, for sure though. That's what I mean. Like you, because libertarians would be sympathetic to like they want to go back to gold or the something. The free market decides. Right. So you make an argument that's libertarian based, so that people believe in it, and then you promote it, and then you get people to put a bunch of money in it. And, and then it goes into these exchanges, which aren't really protected or backed by anything. It's it's okay. They take the money. And then it's, it's the idea of belief. That's really what that's really the um, the driving force behind stock markets, money. At least uh, with the stock market, it's real money, though. Bitcoin. No, it's, it's the idea of belief that you believe that this has a backing and that this has value. Yeah. Um, and again, it's an intangible uh, money. Technically is like on pay, the paper money is technically uh, done on a belief system because mm-hmm. it's. It's just printed on paper. For sure. But if you For have... For sure. But if Everybody, you have like, the fact that a lot of people believe in U.S. dollars is why it works. Yeah, but if you have like, I don't know, 800 pounds of gold, you clearly have true, uh, uh, tangible value and stuff. Same with like art. Yeah. Um, you yep. know, there, there's only one Mona Lisa. Yep. Uh, uh, it's, it, even, even as far as like 
uh, records and comic books and other dumb shit that I personally collect because there's only uh, so many of one you, thing made. Yeah, you have you, you have, see, and they incorporated these ideas into the scam art NFTs. Dude, fuck like, NFTs. Let's, let's let's make this very elegant. This scam. We'll do NFTs. We'll <sighs> do fixed supply, digital gold. Dude, it NFTs was all fake from the back. I fucking hate NFTs. It was all fake. I think NFTs are probably going to be the downfall of any sort of digital based currency. In all seriousness, I think it's like the hotel art of digital currency. NFTs are fucking stupid. Stop buying them. Oh, I think that everybody did stop. Good. I have on my Twitter when I started to get into NFTs, like a bunch of these accounts followed me and started to spam me with NFT projects, NFT projects. And then all the crypto YouTube videos, you know, so they're all attention grabbing, like, watch this. It's Bitcoin to the moon or like they all have like these really cheesy, like spammy type NFT things. means to me not fucking today. I was like, wrong. I, I'm just not. I'm, just, fake. I'm, not in, I'm not into them. I just think I, I think they're dumb. Uh, uh, you can just right click and save. It's real. It's. No, I have the value of this thing. Who gives a shit? All yeah. right, let's let's get. So out. I think no. I think the fact that since we've talked, like there's yeah. been change. Like, it's the past two years have been bananas, man. I mean, it's been B A N A N A S. So much crap. Is that how it goes? I don't, did I spell it right? Yes, you. Yes. Okay. I, I, I <laughs> My I English degree is failing me. I, I no. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Since like I'm supposed to interview you, so yeah. a lot's changed with you yeah. the last two years. Yeah. So, first of all, like uh, you were one of the first people I met in comedy. For anybody who hasn't yes. listened before or heard you before, you were one of the first people to encourage me and a lot of young comics. Yes. Of starting. And I still the do. The second like I ever did was Radio Room with yep. like a handful of us. It was like you, Matt Addy, Kelby, Kelby uh, uh, Amelia. Um, I know I'm missing somebody. Jeff Thompson was there, I think, early on. Early on, but not right away. Because Jeff, I remember I met Jeff because he, he was in DC and he moved back. Um, fuck, I, mean, I know I'm forgetting somebody. I want, I yeah, I want to try and remember because I like still a lot of people p- have dropped off. But I still have the paper lists uh, in my comedy bag. I have every single one. Oh, you saved them? Yep. You saved the original list? Yes, yeah, I still have them. Dude, that's so sweet. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I keep it one for like. So I'll let you in on some inside baseball when it comes to booking. Tell me inside um, baseball. What? Go ahead. All right. Sorry. So when I was doing, uh, I, mean, I still do this for booking. I will uh, pick names and I will write on stuff at the end of the night um, for me to say, you know, keep watching them or, hey, out of town comic. They live in Seattle, Washington. They're probably not going to be back anytime soon. Or it's like they're so trying- you write a note if you if you like somebody or yep. or if like, or hey, or keep watching town. them or uh, nope. Like there's a lot of nopes or like what notes did you have for the early comics? It was it, a lot of them just said, keep watch. Keep, uh, keep keep watch watching. because I didn't know if they were gonna uh, last the pandemic, and yeah. I knew that uh, even when I started, um, people are trying to figure out who they are and what they're gonna do long term. Because I know I have changed a lot from when I first started to where I am now, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> instead of just trying to be like me personally, just trying to be like shocking, I've gone from just being shocking and dark to being personal, uh, yeah. personable vulnerable and still still dark but like uh it just just being more of myself and instead of like writing down thoughts that i think ha 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 this i think this is funny yeah i'm pulling more from like real things that have happened to me like the last uh last two hours that i've written which i still have yet to record which is my my bad um the fourth hour was 
really about my relationship with my father near the end mm-hmm. and COVID and the most- when did when did your dad remind me of the date on that because he did he passed- July twentieth twenty twenty okay so right around the time that uh, I met you that was very early yep. okay and um, yeah because then because we I buried him the next week and then we had the memorial in August. Uh, or no, we had the memorial. Then I buried him in August. That's where the whole uh, car gun bit started. Yeah, um, driving gun. That's where that that bit, that bit started. Yeah, a and relatable then, thing tied to tragedy. A yeah. lot of people have road rage, and then you uh, like blowing my brains out in the Target parking lot, which yeah. I still think about just for fun. It's a classic Schulte bit. It is. And then um, the uh, the bit the last hour that I've really taken my time on um, has been more about me coming to grips with who I am as a person, mm-hmm. and like trying to figure out my actual cultural identity because that's really big right now. Jewish in the South. Uh, Jewish in the South. I've t- talked a lot about that and kind of going back to my my pro-union roots, my uh, yeah. pro-workers' rights. It's What's- cool that comics do that. I mean, in a way, it's similar to what Ari just did. Yep. You know, because he told... Uh, I listened to him on uh, Steve-O's podcast recently, which is I a f- great podcast, I for- by the way. I keep forgetting that Steve-O has a podcast. Steve-O's podcast is great. If you can get past... His voice is a little bit because of... You know, his voice is just... I don't know why. He huffed all the lighter partying. fluid. I'm sure that's great yeah. for your vocal cords. So his voice is a little bit... But he is a really good interviewer and he like really uh, cares about, you know getting into the personal aspects of the guest, but he was with Ari and he said Ari had never done of any of his specials, never done like a theme special because this was all about his heritage. So it sounds like similar to what you're talking about with like, you know, like your I, last couple of hours of material yeah. were like personal. And I'm like not even a good, I don't even believe in God. I think it's stupid, but I still won't, but I still won't write out the whole thing. I, I'll still put G then a dash then D. Cause that's still the reverence that like in a lot of, Sex to Judaism, where like they won't spell it out. They won't um, spell out God. They won't. It's not even. It's just like a. It's like a reverence thing. Yeah. I still won't. Even if you don't personally believe, you're not gonna like. Yeah. Shit on it or. Yeah, like, and the only parts of Judaism I even remotely give a shit about are like doing my mitzvahs, which are the good deeds, and like using mitzvahs are good deeds. Yeah, and like and like summoning my mud golems to smite my enemies. Like other than those two things, <laughs> mud golems. Yeah, read read the uh, read the Kabbalah, the book of Jewish mysticism. Um, like oh. other than other than that, like I don't, I don't relate to a lot of it. Like, uh, was it? Like Jewish atheism is like the better way of putting. Like I'm, I'm culturally, but I'm not tied to. I, I I'm unorthodox, if nothing yeah. else. But like, do, I don't. Do you say your uh, brand of Judaism is similar to like Zaslov? No, I think he's. I think between the two of us, uh, and I'll, I'll even throw Melly in there too. I think they're far more devout. Okay. Than I am. So real quick, we're talking about David Zaslov, yep. who's another uh, uh, gentleman in the comedy scene, um, also Jewish, also Jewish, and Melly Kazel. Yep. Newest, a newest comic. Me- yeah, and she's like in age, she's the youngest. Yep, you're between. Yep, and uh, Zaslov is is, is he scene, almost he's, he's almost eighty. Yeah, but in he, fantastic shape. Uh, um, he's and I'll say this uh, not to to gas him up, but he's probably the most talented person in entertainment in Greenville currently. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Between like music in terms, uh, and, and comedy, also in terms and, of credits, yeah. he's got credits on a Lincoln Park album. Yep. He's a musician. He's done some documentaries. Like he's done, he's had such an amazing life. Like that's what I would aspire to be mm-hmm. uh, in my creative life. But sure. Not not necessarily the same things, but to have those kind of experiences through my own means. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me would be, and I think I'm getting there. Yeah, I think I'm getting there. Just through like the things that I enjoy. I think I'm getting there, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is pretty cool. I like that. Um, 
because my, my my journey in life my journey in life uh, has changed um, so much. Well, and the other thing that's happened in the last two years is you've gotten married. Yep, I actually for the first time in like the better part of a year put my wedding ring on, so it is real. Um, Can I see it? Yeah. Oh, dude, that's tight. Thank you. What metal is that? Uh, adamantium. I don't know. Um, it's uh, 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 we'll say titanium and platinum. Okay. Yeah, that's I, slick. I let her pick it out. I said, I don't want silver. I don't want gold. I want something a little less typical, but I don't want wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I said, I want dark and light in it. And she dark like, and light. That yep. sums up your personality. It's true. <laughs> and I uh, see it's, it's dark, but there's a silver line. So, oh, look at that. She's fucking smart. So, and she's real. Uh, it's not, she's it's real. not a waifu pillow or like a, a real doll. So or a mail order bride or anything. No, ma- mail order bra- she's, brides she's are still person. real. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've my my life journey is changing. It's about to change again in the new year. Um, I'm very I'm very excited. Hit us with some news. You gonna break some news? Yeah. Um, uh, I am starting a nonprofit um, with a couple of my friends, and it is I can't give the real name out, but until I get everything trademarked and registered, which by the way, kids, I'm saying kids because I'm assuming most people that listen to this are going to be younger than soon to be 43. Which I turned 43 in fucking 16 days. I'm a prime number. Yay. Um, uh, <laughs> starting a nonprofit. Extremely expensive. Don't know why. It's kind of bullshit. Um, but I'm starting a nonprofit. Because the government doesn't want people helping people. So they're going to make it really expensive. And time consuming and maddening. Thank God I passed the fucking bar. Yay, libertarianism. Uh, the government shouldn't be. <laughs> Um, but it's a nonprofit. Uh, it's going to be a nonprofit company where the goods that we sell. Um, are going to benefit uh, a black cat sanctuary specifically for one and then a local uh, uh, no-kill shelter. So, nice. Uh, right now we're calling it the Silas Project because it's based off of our black cat Silas because we didn't know um, if he was going to live or die because he just became this outdoor cat we started taking care of. Uh-huh. And he had this really gnarly head wound. And we, uh, my wife and I, it's one of the few times we like argue, argued. Mm-hmm. Um We've been together almost 10 years and she was like, well, I want to get him healed up. And I was like, if we're going to spend this money, he's coming in. She's like, I don't know if we can afford six cats. I'm like, you're talking about spending hundreds of dollars on a cat that's going to stay outside that might get run over. Yeah. No worry. It's cats coming in. Yeah. So you made Silas a house cat. Yep. Okay. I sold off like, this sounds bad. It sounds like I'm patting myself on the back, but I sold off like. $3,000 $3,000 worth of records to make sure that he would have his, uh, uh, his medical treatment nice, and a bunch of other, and then I had, a, and it was ended up being way cheaper than we thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So I went to furnace fest. So y'all, so y'all have a, uh, a heart for cats. Yeah. We've, uh, she and I have homed, uh, we, we joke about what the number is, but we have homed, uh, thir- I say it's 30 plus. She says it's exactly 30, but 30 plus cats in the Gower area. And for up until like, the last couple weeks, there have been no ferals or strays. We've just seen three. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know where they're from, but we're now taking care of them, giving them food, water, and we built Dude, them a this shelter. Dude, this is cool. So this is cool. Like, where did your? Uh, well, sorry to cut no, you. Up. And like, we're going to continue to do that. And that's one of the reasons why I want to start the nonprofit mm-hmm. is I want to make sure these little creatures, these adorable little critters, um, have a safe place to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like we've paid for all this stuff out of pocket. Yeah. And I can say now at being together almost a decade, I will probably say about $18,000. Wow. 
Wow. And I would like to actually get money coming in and be able to sell something cool uh, and, use, and use that money to keep generating interest and keep having money to donate to get these animals off the street, off the street into good homes and to get the medical attention, get them, make sure they're fed, get them socialized. By the way, socializing feral cats, not easy, Yeah, but we've done it. And mm-hmm. like all, all six of ours, where did your uh, passion for like helping uh, cats start? Cause um, you're clearly passionate about it. Like, I didn't know yeah. you were going to do this, but like, and there's a lot of people like Bill Reiner, Yep. Loves them. There's a lot of cat people out there. I've never been a cat person per se. I'm kind of like new to it, but I do love like interactions when I go over to somebody's house with the cat. Well, I think I, I, where'd that start? So I'm deathly allergic to dogs. So I love the fuck out of dogs. I, but when I'm around them, uh, I break out, I uh, sneeze. uh, It's hard for me to breathe. Mm -hmm. Eyes water, snotty. It's gross. And I, but I grew out of my allergies of cats. I was allergic to both for years. Okay. Um, so when we started taking the cats in, like all six of ours were either neglected, uh, feral, or abused. So all six of ours come from really rough situations. Mm-hmm. And my wife, uh, her family used to run a pet store in Simpsonville years ago. Okay. And they would take some of the strays, take care of them, feed them, get them. So the pet store her family ran, was it like a, just a local, was it like Petco? It was like... Like Petco, but mom and pop stuff. Mom and pop pet yeah. store. That's cool. I haven't seen a lot of mom and pop pet stores. When I think of them, I think of like a corporate chain. That's because that's, that's they've all become. They've they, all become uh, you capitalism. Might, you, like you might just get a mom and pop like pet food and uh, medicine right. store. You, but not but like, the one she, her family ran was like actually like yep. they sold pets. Yeah. And it wasn't like a, like a, like a, like there weren't dog breeders selling like thousand dollar dogs it was just like yeah. hey here's this dog from one in the streets that you know has the mane just now been healed it's a loving dog we just want to get into a nice home mm-hmm. so that was but like I, the other thing is like uh i think the other the other answer that i'm going to use which i think is a good one um i used to work for a company uh when i lived in rutherford county where my job was uh killing pigs what you had to slaughter the pigs yourself yep. okay what was this company i'm not gonna give the name out but not the name, but like, what do they do? Like, um, they, it was just a slaughterhouse, they, a slaughterhouse, and that's where like a lot of uh, fast food companies would get their meat. Wait, okay. So can you walk so me was, through what, so you, what your there, there were different sections. It wasn't all in the same building, um, but you would have the slaughtering part where they would, you know, obviously kill the animals, and then they would move the animals to the next, like the separating. How did section. you? How did you slaughter them? I don't even know how. Like, this is getting me PTSD coming back to this. Uh, I want to know the details. Um, but they, we were given an air gun. We put it in the ear and pulled the trigger. And, and for the, like no country for old men? Yeah. Like and There's a, a long tube with like a bulb on the end of it, and it pops their brain. It's supposed to be uh, harmless. and like. So you, you go up to their like temple? You, no, you put it in the ear. In the ear? And you pull the trigger. And it's instant? And it pops it. And sometimes there so, wasn't enough power behind it, and so you're they freak out because they're half, like it sounds like they have a stroke. Oh, and, my God. And like, and when I, I I worked that job for like three weeks, and I quit because I was having nightmares. Holy shit! So I went vegan after that. Are you years. are you still vegan? I'm plant. Uh, I'm seventy percent plant based because I still have some meat and some cheese here and there. But like that was dude, that would traumatize me. Yeah, and I went from because the change was so uh, from being like a meat eater and eating garbage all the time to being vegan. It was so like 
rough on my body. I was like getting jaundiced. Like I was, I dropped weight unnaturally and I, I was getting sick all the time. That happened when you first switched from. Yeah. Cause it wasn't like a, I, I didn't like go into like vegetarianism and then slowly transition. It was like night and day. Yeah. Um, so this, it was a shock to your body. It was really yeah. bad. This is, back, and this is back when like vegan food, this like was like, that was like, what did I do? That it was 2002, 2001, 2002. It was before one of the Hellfests in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when we got back from Hellfest is when like my body started really starting to shut down. I was sick all the time. Um, <clears throat> so I went back to being vegetarian and then slowly started eating meat again, but I changed what I was eating. And then I started eating garbage again cause I stopped giving a shit. And then, uh, when I moved down here is when I started going back to being vegetarian. Okay. And Where then, are you at right now? I'm 70, I guess I'm 70% plant-based. So okay. like, uh, I don't really have a lot of dairy. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, I'll have a, some occasional cheese. How do you feel with good. that? I feel good. That mix of, yeah. Um, I will have some occasional meat. It's supposed like chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I have a lot of impossible burgers. Okay. Uh, I don't have a ton of soy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my morning lattes are oat milk. So I have a lot. We, we, we cook morning a lot of oat milk and coconut milk. Yep. Uh-huh. Some fucking fancy. Yeah. Very trendy. Um, yeah. Uh, I was doing it before it was cool. Um, mm-hmm. believe it. Um, <laughs> I would think Adam Schultz drank lattes, morning, yeah, dude, we, morning we, oak milk lattes. We bought a Breville as a as like a. a, a <laughs> like yeah. we spent a lot of money on this Breville um, for like an anniversary gift that we would both use. Breville, I don't even know what that is. It's a it's a very expensive espresso machine. Ah, we baller! Sp- we spent like eighteen fifty on it. Nice. So, um, but I just uh, and vegan food, vegetarian food, plant based substitutes are so much different than they were in the early aughts, late nineties. Mm-hmm. Instead of tasting like cardboard with some flavoring actually they're they're kind of dead on a Mm -hmm. lot of things you wouldn't be able to tell the difference but i've also expanded like what i eat like i eat hummus now uh i like hummus dude i hate hummus that's that's cool i hate it um i like more vegetables in general now like i've just changed like what my palate is i changed uh uh really a lot of different things about what I would eat. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I don't really like peanut butter as much anymore. Uh, I like cashew butter because it's cashews, oil, and some salt. Whereas a lot of peanut butter has a lot of like hydrogenated oils and a bunch of other stuff. So now, unless it's the natural stuff, obviously, but like I, I cashew butter. Yeah. um, Almond butter. Yeah. Like three ingredients. Like I can, I can work with them. My protein bars have less stuff in them than before. Yeah. I've had nightmares with, peanut butter and protein bars what i tried to do keto one time keto is like unless i don't like keto at all but i and i know you also physically don't need it like i would need it more than you keto yeah no i know i know well i i got uh i think i may have mentioned this before but a few years ago when i got paranoid about turning 30 and stuff i was like doing every diet on the pot that you could find on podcasts and uh yeah i know so i did keto and I, i was so disciplined what do coke. I was doing that too at the same time. Good. Were you losing weight from it? Yeah. Good. Too much. So that we're worried. Go. I was skeletal at family reunions. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mom listens to it. I can't. Do, I can't do coke because I'm afraid my heart will die. No, it's uh, it's not good. But no, it's I was. Not. But the peanut butter thing. I was so um, like committed to keto that I was going to follow the rules. But the one thing that they allowed was peanut butter. So I remember I'd go to Walmart. And I'd get like the cheap biggest thing of peanut butter, Ugh. and like I would, Ugh. I would work out, and then I'd be hungry because I wasn't eating enough sugar to support my workouts, 
And uh, and I'd go. I remember one day I ate like half of this thing of peanut butter in one sitting, and then I started to break out in like a rash. And I've never had an allergy to peanut butter, but I had so much of it that you must you must have hated your heart eating that much peanut butter too. Yeah, it was bad. It was really yeah, bad. Yeah, but I, lesson learned. The the rash went away after a few days, but it like, was yeah. Lot, it felt lot, like an allergic reaction. Like a lot. In all, in all honesty, a lot of stuff like simple replacements. Um, and I did a lot of trial and error, like. If you look at me now, you're like, there's no way that he's like 220. Like, I'm trying to get down to like 200, maybe 190. I'm 220-ish right now. You ever tried to do an aggressive fasting routine to get you down there? I've thought about it, but like, I go so hard every day. That, yeah. Like, I don't... Really, you got your Muay Thai. I got, so if I'm not doing comedy, I got Muay Thai. If I'm not doing that, I'm doing Stab Lab. If I'm not doing that, I'm doing some other project to make money or I'm cleaning up in the house. I'm doing laundry. Uh, so you need your fuel. So like I need I need I don't eat constantly, but like I've I've checked what I eat. Yeah. And with the the Muay Thai side, the the the, phys, the really physical side, I go a lot harder than I used to. Um, one, I'm getting older, so my metabolism is like slowing down in general. But I like going harder than I used to. Like it's more of a pressure test for myself. But how do you feel though? Because like since um, I can't remember how long ago it was, but you stopped hosting radio room yeah. you like delegated that off yep. to, to jeff and, and us idiots which i think you're taking back radio yeah. room soon we'll talk yeah. about that in a second all right but like since you've had more time to dedicate to muay thai do you feel better like you're you're a year older but you're yeah. able to do more muay thai and like you're you're less spread thin so do you actually feel <laughs> better even though you're uh, it's, your, uh, your body's getting older but Yes and no. Like I, my 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 skill level has definitely improved. Um, different aspects of that side of my life, like that game, my Muay Thai game has stepped up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I've probably become a better coach. Yeah. Uh, in general, and I've figured out things that work better for my body. My stress level is lower because when I handed it off, what I was worried about was hitting both was coming from Muay Thai and going right to comedy and then getting home at like 10 o'clock at night, 9.30. Yeah. And then I'm just, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Because um, I didn't, that's why I didn't come out very much. Mm-hmm. And now that's like, speaking of Radio Room, uh, I work security there and I do some other private security work as well. For their, for their shows? Yep. Um, I didn't know you were doing that. Yep. You've so, been doing that since? A couple months now. Okay, nice. And I've been doing private security for about the same amount of time. Okay. So, like, I, I, I will do as much as humanly possible to make as much money as humanly possible, um, in in, in as simple a way as possible. Mm-hmm. Without, like, I would rather go to bed later than like break my back or uh, stress myself out. Yeah. And thankfully, a lot of the security stuff I do is like pick up some drinks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Make sure nobody's fighting. And yeah. That, and that's so not and, as physically demanding because there's not. Yeah. Yeah. And, but but back to the Muay Thai side of things, like I think I'm in uh, I'm a lot I'm a lot better on my feet, mm-hmm. and because I work Southpaw and Orthodox, and I can teach Southpaw lefty. Yep, and because I, I can teach know. both sides. You're right. No, I don't uh, know shit about Muay Thai. But... Uh, I'm way more diverse, so you can put me in front of like a pro fighter, and I can do pad work for them. You can put me in front of an amateur fighter to get them conditioned. You can put mm-hmm. me in front of a brand new person, and I can teach them. So. I'm just I'm just advancing that part of my my life, which has become a much bigger part of my life. Yeah. Which, 
if you told me that when I first moved down here, I'd be like, you're going to be a Muay Thai coach and you're going to be on a level that you never thought you'd be at. I'd be mm-hmm. like, get the fuck out of here. That's not going to happen. Yeah. You're going to be doing comedy for over a decade. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. That's, I'm just going to play Call of Duty. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, maybe die in an office job. Like, you know, I didn't think that I would be where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I, a, lot of, a lot of things have changed. Is there a top happened. level of Muay Thai? Uh, Ajahn. Ajahn? A-J-A-R-N. Um, so so that's like you can't get any higher than that? So where where are you in, on the ranking of like uh, for, Raja? What is it called? Uh, Raja Academy. That's his last Raja name. Raja Academy. What is the top uh, level? Uh, uh, Again, I, I forgot instantly. Uh, the owner, uh, Harun Raja, he is an Ajahn now. He, okay. He recently became an Ajahn. And we have a couple crews. Uh, that's a full-blown instructor. Like you can go anywhere and start your own place. Mm-hmm. Um, so where are you? I am close. I am close. To, I am close to being a crew. A crew. Okay. Uh, so, a couple more years. Uh, you have to be invited to be a crew, unless you're like from Thailand and grow up doing it. Right. Like in America, you kind of have to be invited. You have to be at a certain level. Okay. And hopefully, I will make it there. Um, even if I'm just a high level coach, it's fine. Like I got. So if you're not born in uh, Thailand, how many years does it take to go from? beginner to that oh man it can take uh it can take a long time but i've just been i've just worked and grinded away at it and the effort shows i guess uh i think that's why i don't think it was like a mercy like 10 thing. years 20 uh, it can be up to 20 for some people okay you never know hopefully yeah. hopefully i'll get it in 10 years or less okay that's the goal and I how hope. many years in are you uh i'll be six years in february next year okay so i will be at the highest level coach Assuming I uh, get in, invited to get to that next level, I'll be the highest level coach uh, nice. February. So nice, and I'm and I'm finding out new things, and uh, uh, I'm learning different ways to train people. Now with Muay Thai, like they do training, and then they do like where you actually fight another person, yep. like matches and stuff. Yep. Do people come out and watch? Um, I can't make it to a lot of those. We, we we're starting to get fighters back in the gym, which is cool, and I, I help train those those guys. Um, I do the, as far as the conditioning drills, I do a lot of pad work. Mm-hmm. Thankfully they're dedicated enough to do a lot of their like endurance stuff. So they'll hit the bike, they'll hit the runs on their own. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be there, which is cool, which means they really do care about uh, the sport and uh, they work on really a lot of the stuff. But like when it comes to some of the more physical conditioning, um, I will put them through hell, but I will do it with them. Okay. So, there, so there's no like, there's no like separation. There's no like, I'm better than you and you do as I say, like I'm right there with you. Cause yeah. like, uh, uh, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. That's an interesting dynamic. Cause uh, whenever I was playing a sport growing up, the coaches rarely were physically doing the stuff with us. Um, I think that's just how, you know, traditional sports coaching is. Um, but yeah, I'd never see my coaches doing anything every once in a while. Like it'd be like off hours and I'd see him in the weight room and they'd be lifting weights and it would be a fraction of what we would be doing. Which yeah. makes sense. They don't need to be big. It was football, so they didn't need to be. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, yeah. Part of that always pissed me off. Like we were dying in the in the heat, and they're telling you in August, do more te- twenty five more suicides, more down-ups. ladies. Do more down ups, you piece of shit. Burpees, like, burpees, burpees. Like just, fuck you. In hindsight, like knowing, like I think back to like college age kids. Um, I I kind of want to say, dude, my coach was such an asshole. Yeah, most like you're taking it like so seriously, but like. It's D two, you know, like uh, yeah, and like, um, and it's it's fun because like vindictive asshole. 
because like I it's and I look at this the same way as I've I've done most things in my life. If I am going to teach someone how to do it, it doesn't matter if it's skateboarding, snowboarding, soccer, Muay Thai, anything in stand up. If I cannot do it, mm-hmm. who the fuck am I to tell you and teach you how to do it? Yeah. That, and that's a very specific mentality that I don't right. think. We did have a lot of cool coaches, too. I will say that. I'm kind of thinking about one guy who took it way too seriously because he had nothing else in his life that, I don't know, this guy was just insane. But, you know, a lot of the coaches, we actually did have a lot of respect for because they had played football at the college level. So, like, it's kind of fun. Like, you at least need that credibility sometimes to respect the guy. Like, okay, he played it. He's been there. He's been where we are. And they can kind of have empathy. Even if they yell at you, they can – Later, when they're watching film or whatever, they could be like, look, you did this wrong. Here's yeah. how you can do it better. So we have good coaches, too. And I just want to give a quick shout out. Uh, other than Raja Academy, which has done wonders for me and a bunch of other people. Um, we have uh, a girl by the name of Charlie. I forget her last name. But uh, crew Mark Clem, he, uh, he teaches at a different gym. But uh, we have someone from the upstate area who's going to fight in the Olympics. She's going to represent America for for Muay Thai. And she is a powerhouse. And she comes from this area. Uh, I've been to one of her her seminars. Um, They just got back from Thailand where she won her fight. Mm -hmm. So, like, they, like, they're, and Crew Mark also was a fighter in Thailand. So, so like, when he says, do this, same thing like you were talking about, like, uh, the coach and uh, the college coach, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, crew Raja also fought. So when he teaches us how to do certain things, I'm sorry, Ajahn Raja, um, same thing. He's mm-hmm. like, hey, do this. Yeah. It's because he and knows. we will listen to you because you've done it at the highest level. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it just ends up being like. Yeah, same with same with comedy. Same yeah. With, yeah, tie it back into everything. I feel like there's credibility. Um, like uh, at uh, at my company, it's the same. Like you, there's sales reps. Some of them are annoying. But um, sales reps annoying, annoying. What huge douchebags? What big what? big egos? But there's uh, there's certain things where like oh you know this guy has hit. They do it in terms of quotas, which are annual like the the annual quotas is what they yeah. they think consider important. So this guy's hit. Tw- there's one guy on our team named Ron Barzak. I don't know if I should. Well, whatever. Beep that I, out. I just did. No, he's a We're legend. Done. He's a legend. I think he's hit like oh, you're being, then 30 you're being, quotas at my company. Oh, then you're being you're being good. Yeah, that's and funny. I was always scared to talk to him even because he had such this embedded in our culture. So it it's like, like a larger than life person. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he's ever like as a new rep, you're like, oh, look up to that guy. Like and then uh, he was on my team this last our team's got realigned. He's a, a Tennessee guy. And uh, he started to, like, open up to, like, some of the rookies and, like, actually help coach us. And then you realize he's not a douche. He's not impossible to talk to. He's a cool guy. And what's cool about a guy that's been there that long is he's kind of jaded by the corporate side. And he's like, all right, I'll tell you guys what's bullshit about our corporate culture. I'll tell you guys what you need to know. And I'll tell you guys what to do. And you got to look out for yourself because the corporation's never going to care about you totally as a person. Like, you got to – and he gives great advice. And so, yeah. Like I, I I like learning from those people that have been doing it forever. What's um, comedy? What anything? You know, like some advice for anyone who's ever afraid to talk to like one of their heroes or like a legend in whatever field. Just talk to them. The worst the worst thing you're going to get is ignored, be told no, 
best thing you're going to get is an insight into something. For sure. And who cares? It's an embarrassing moment. Like, if they blow you off, whatever. They're not going to remember it. Just fire back like, oh, oh, you're too good for me now. All right. Okay, <laughs> cool. Keep living your boring, lonely fucking life, motherfucker. And if you fire back at them, they'd be like, oh, so you're not afraid of me. No, I'm not afraid of you. As a matter of fact, you can suck me from the back, you piece of shit. And then they'll be like, oh, you're bold. I'm bold as fuck. And then be like, have you ever done that before? Yeah. <laughs> More than once in my life. I've done that to bosses. I've done that to oh people like gosh. I used to look up to in uh, various forms of entertainment. A lot of music. Yeah. Uh, people that like I should not have stepped to because. Like, Dude. So I lots of get... people have revenge fantasies about telling off people. But you've actually. I've, I've fought to my bosses. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> I was working for a food delivery place back in North Carolina. I'll tell you the story. This is the one I can I, I can actually talk about. The other one I, I had to sign paperwork. This one I did not have to. Happy Gilmore over here. Like, um, beating up your boss. So I was worked it very nice. It wasn't. It was fun for me. Um, <laughs> I was working at a food delivery place back in North Carolina. And if anyone in where I used to live in North Carolina, they'll know this story because some of them might have actually been privy to it. And uh, I uh, had come in because I was one of the managers and I had come in to do the books to uh, uh, for ordering and mm-hmm. uh, f- help him finalize certain parts of payroll. And uh, just for, like adding up hours, but not doing the, the actual money. And another manager came in, like the, what basically not quite the GM, but the GM uh, for that particular location. And he was a little, a uh, little drunk, and he decided to start yelling at me, like, "Why didn't you get this done?" And I was like, "Because I've been out of town for a week, and you knew that." He started yelling at me and yelling. At me. I was like, "Look, I'm just here." He to- was drunk. Yeah. Okay. He just showed up drunk to, to at, at the job. Okay. No, re- no rhyme or reason. No, uh, I don't know what was going on because again, I was I, this. I had just come back from Hellfest. Uh, that's why I was gone for a week, and uh-huh. he was yelling at me and yelling at me. And I finally started, you know, like I just previously said, yelling at someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I lost it. Uh, I wasn't even on the clock. I was just doing this because it's it's like a five minute thing. Just go in there, knock it out, put it down, and then they place the orders and fin- finish everything the next morning for the morning manager. I did that, and he put his hands on me. And I was like, don't <gasps> put your fucking hands on me. And he's like, I'll do whatever I want. I'm blah, blah, blah of this place. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. What did he do? Like, touch your shoulder? Like, listen, man. Like, No, he did that that grabbing thing where you get real aggressive and try to dig your thumb into someone's, like, uh, uh, collarbone. And you're like, don't touch I me. Like, I was like, don't fucking touch me. Yeah. And he kept doing it. I said, like, you touch me again, I'm going to fucking slap you. And he did it again. I slapped the shit out of him. <laughs> and I started to walk out to, to my, at the time, minivan that I... <laughs> I bought off my tab for two grand. My first car was a uh, 2003, no, no, 98 Dodge Caravan. It wasn't 2000. Dodge Caravan. Yeah. My family drove one of those around yeah. the same time, actually. Those uh, were big back then. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, the battle van. Slick little cars. Uh, or vans. And then he followed me out to the parking lot. Um, so were you trying to, like, get away? Like, look, no, I'm, I'm I was, bouncing. I was like, I finished my job. Um it's a, it literally was a five-minute thing. You just look at the previous week for sales. You look at the previous amount of product used. Okay. And you'd be like, oh, well, we don't need all this this week. Oh, we need to get two of these of this because we use so much of this. It, very simple. It's like you write down the line kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And he slapped me in the back of the head. I said, listen, you're, you're going to get the shit kicked out if you keep this up. Yeah. And there are other employees like seeing us yelling and him being a dick. And he finally swung on me. And I just kind of moved out of the way. He swung on me again. I'm going to beat the shit so out of you. So he didn't connect. He missed. Yeah, I just moved out of the way. And I said, and this is before I really knew how to fight. This was just like I was just a brawler. Yeah, just a kind of a uh, just a untrained. Like I took karate for two years, so I wasn't like really like where I am you're now. Like, 
Yeah, it was just like I, I knew how to throw a punch. I knew yeah. how to kind of, kind of. So after he missed, what'd you do? I said, "Don't t- don't do it. If you do it again, I'm gonna fucking beat the shit out of you." Uh, he swung on me again. He hit me in the ribs, and at which point I started kneeing the shit out of him. I got him to the ground. I started smashing his head into the ground, and uh, some of the employees said, "Stop it!" And I'm like, "Oh, I should probably stop it." Cops showed up. Like, what happened? I was like, "Oh, he assaulted me, and I defended myself." And the other employees were like, that's exactly what happened. They're like, you can go home. Oh, okay, sick. Dude. And, and he was drunk. So, like, you yeah. definitely had the credibility in that. Yeah. And it was on camera. So, like. Okay. They, uh, uh, now, I did get yelled at for working off the clock. Mm-hmm. They're like, don't do that again. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but, so, yeah. You, you beat the shit out of a guy, but and uh, he got mostly moved. don't work off the clock. <laughs> yeah. And he got moved to another store uh, uh, for a while. He eventually came back to that store, but I was no longer working there. Okay. But. Like that's it's. So not if you're pr- gonna beat the shit out of people. Make sure the other guy's drunk. Yeah, it's on camera. Yeah, like that's it, look, and you got witnesses. Yeah, big thing is don't put your fucking hands on someone. That's the yeah. big thing. Don't put your hands on someone. Mm-hmm. Um, you never know what that other person's gonna do to you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm scared I, of fights, dude. Don't be. I was out downtown recently. Uh, this was like Thursday night, and uh, we saw a. Uh, I kind of know these people, so I won't, but. There was one guy was a bouncer and the other guy was uh, a guy I kind of knew and I was watching um, probably from like 30 yards away and I thought they were friends. I thought they were like bro hugging and then all of a sudden like one of the guys there was like jostling and one of the guys took a swing and connected with the other guy and I was like what the and I, my immediate reaction was to run away. I like went to my other friends. I was like guys we gotta get out of here. We gotta get out of here. I was like I am not intervening. I'm not tough enough to do anything. Like it's so it's weird with two grown men start fighting. It is freaking scary. It's not like maybe again like growing up. Well, to me, I mean, I'm you did you played football. I saw. I know, bro. It's collision upon collision. I know, but I have no interest in getting in that. Yeah, I think like growing up in hardcore is. I think that's one reason why I'm so uh, uh, adept at dealing with violence more than anything else is it's violent music. Mosh pits are violent. Fighting security, like fighting bouncers, is commonplace. Pit beef is common. Pit so, beef. <laughs> oh, if you if you pit if, beef happens in the mosh pit. Yeah, if you hit someone the wrong way, or you touch the wrong dude, or whatever. Yeah, like they're, they're just like swarm beatings. If, yeah. you, when you're around that enough, you just I mean it's, it's dumb as shit. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but when you're around it, you're just kind of like it's it's so normal. Yeah, dude, it, it's weird. I've been to mosh pits one time in uh, in Carolina, Carolina Rebellion. I don't know if you heard of that. Uh-huh festival it was so fun it was my buddy and uh you know just thousands of people at multiple stages and when we got into the mosh pit i had like the opposite experience where people were like yeah and then if you bumped into somebody they'd be so nice they'd be like sorry bro you okay you okay yeah i'm good all right a a lot a lot of a lot of shows are like that but very few and i appreciate that but but there are certain shows where it's just fucking goon music and goons there like no i feel like there's another level of like underground shit that you've seen that like is i've not been exposed to yet yeah, it's and it's a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong; it is a lot of fun, like being in, like that around that kind of level of potential violence. Because mm-hmm. I think what it does for you, and I've been going to shows since I was like sixteen, seventeen. So I turned forty three. This just Jesus Christ, um, forty three. Desensitized Dude, so much. You look great for your age. I think. Thank you. When I shave all this bullshit off, I'll look maybe thirty five. No, um, seriously. Like when you look at full head of hair, you only got like a little gray down here. And, uh, yeah, 43, yeah, you look great. Thank you. But, like, just, 
you, you, when you get desensitized to that amount of violence that quickly, uh, it gives you a different perspective. It really does. And again, because I grew up around that, all that. Um, what's what's your perspective? What do you think your perspective is like different than like a normal person who wasn't around? I'm not full of bitch blood. <laughs> bitch blood? I, yeah, I'm not a fucking coward. I'm not afraid to take a hit. I'm a coward. Um, <laughs> like I, I, I accept that violence is a part of normal society. That like you're gonna get hit eventually sometime in life it's about how you react to everyone says it's how you react to whatever situations how you deal with whatever happens whether it's like getting fired from a job like getting broken up with whatever it is uh getting in a street fight um whatever it could be it's about how you react to it and it's just, it's yeah. just that particular part of my life um uh i learned how to deal with it very quickly mm-hmm. um the same with like people 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 pass away you learn especially if it happens at a young age like most kids get uh, exposed to death like the death of a pet um, mm-hmm. or like an old relative they've only met a few times. But when you're exposed to it constantly over and over and over and over and over, like I happen to have been, you uh, like death becomes part of your normal every day. Mm-hmm. Violence and death became so normal to me that I don't look at things as like these great tragedies. Like it's just it's the way it is. You live, you die. Eventually violence is going to come your way, and it's about reacting to it the right way, not being afraid of it. Just mm-hmm. be like, it's going to happen. And I think just because that's kind, of, that's kind of cynical, it's dark. It's not dark. It's just it's reality. Yeah. You live, you die. Yeah, it uh, is. Do you think it's made you more calm in your response to those things? Yeah. Because you're like, well, it's a part of it. So. I mean, I, I've, I've been robbed at gunpoint more than once. So I've had guns, what? Yeah, I've, been, I've had guns pulled on me more than once. You've been robbed at gunpoint here in Greenville? No, no, no one's hard in Greenville. <laughs> Everyone talks big, but no one is hard in Greenville. Yeah, um, most of it was like delivering pizza is when I've had guns pulled on me, and they're like, "I'm not paying for this. Give me the pizza." You get jumped from behind, whatever shit happens, dude. When I was a bouncer, did you at, give them the pizza, or did you? I mean, my, you kind of have to if you got a gun. Fifteen dollars on, on my life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I was working, no, that's that, I had one guy that. Uh, like was I was a, the manager at my uh, high school job. I worked at a Mancino's Italian restaurant, and uh, he was so hardcore as a manager, but very like calm and collected. His name was Troy, and he like was very like matter like very strict manager, but like he cared about the uh, the business. And we were all convinced he would take a bullet for the register. He would <laughs> if somebody tried to rob us, he'd be like, "No, I'm not giving you anything." And uh, he'd be like, "You'd have to shoot me for this." And I, I I always wanted us to get robbed to see like, <laughs> like my buddy and I actually we thought about robbing the place just to see what he did. <laughs> so we did. We stole a lot from there. I'm just Jesus. Um, like it, and it really depends. Like you get. I mean, I, he would stand his ground out of principle, but like when I was a bouncer in college, I can honestly say like that's probably when violence in my life, going back to like robbery and shit, uh, really escalated. You yeah. throw people out of a bar, uh, mm-hmm. college-age kids, everyone's full of uh, uh, liquor and drugs. Everyone knows somebody or is, is a somebody or do you know who my father is? Like that sort of bullshit. Yeah. Everyone's always in college? Up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. Isn't that so stupid? It is. How people... Yeah. It's big dumb. And like you... People like, flex in weird ways like, dude, yeah. you know like, who my father is? You know, oh, like, shut up. As he, as I'm he, from a wealthy family or something? Like, yeah, like, oh, cool. Um Oh, dude, I could totally see, like, uh, 
out here downtown people. Oh, I can like the college age. The uh, I can honestly <laughs> say like Friday night was fight night. Like every Friday, like Thursday was ladies' night at the bar that I worked at. Friday was fight night. That's when most of the fights happened. Yeah. Um. Uh. Saturday was Saturday was a lot calmer in uh-huh. comparison to Friday. Mm-hmm. Um. The summers were would get uh summer summer work like at least twice a summer it'd be like a crazy brawl, but the rest would be pretty fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Certain, certain game nights. Uh, yeah. Uh. If we won. <laughs> It would get wild, but it wouldn't be in the bars. It'd be outside of the bars, yeah. um, but or lost uh, either way. So, yeah. but like I can honestly tell you, like uh, working as a bouncer for several years uh, at that bar. Yeah, you've seen a lot of shit. I, uh, uh, I've, I've, I, I can only say I fought for my life more than once. Yeah, um, I've been stabbed a couple times. Uh, <laughs> Dude, uh, I had guns pulled on me just for like. <laughs> throwing someone out of the bar i've been followed home i've been shot at at my apartment i have no desire yeah so like like i said again like i said violence has been a part of my life i'm yeah. totally fine with it uh, yeah if anyone wants to step up you're more than welcome no to. no no we don't uh, want to fight. I'm, it's it's, it's but, not a true invitation but you know yeah you know uh if you want to we were talking about justin blackburn who wrote that yeah. book it's hard to get there when you're already there shout out uh but we were at a mic he's uh, a fraternity brother of mine actually is he yep we're both kappa sigs kappa sigs yep. shout out to kappa sigs different chapters well, but uh, but yeah same fraternity well he uh i'm not gonna do the whole joke weird twist he had I'm a fraternity a, man he had a joke on thursday about how he's, it's weird how men associate kicking somebody's ass with like being a real man and like you know picking fights and stuff which you don't pick fights no no i know better yeah exactly but he's like if you're a real man you'd be able to handle your emotions if you're yeah. a real man, you'd be able to see two men kissing and not shit your pants. Like, if you're real, and he, he goes into this thing about, you know, a typical guy like that, and how they're really just fighting against, like, love and their own yeah. emotions, and they're just, you know, little kids that don't know how to handle it. I thought, oh, it's so funny, but, but yeah, man. All right, so we've talked about learn that zen, like, be chill kind of. Talk about my love of cats, my weird love of violence. Violence. Here's, here, here's the thing. Like, you want, yeah, you want to move on. What do you want to talk about next? I, I guess I'll sum up the violence thing real quick. We, Put a bow on the violence. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, two, like, they would say, like, two of the motivating factors for people are like other sex or violence. Um, I've never like sex is cool, but if you ever punch someone in the face and watch them bleed all over you, I would prefer like I what. Like, even the memes like sex is cool, but have you ever blah, blah, blah? I've always had more of an attraction towards violence than, than <laughs> sex. And like for a long time, was, I, you know, I got made fun of because I didn't really date where I lived in Rutherford County. Um, a lot of people thought that I was gay because I didn't talk about women. I was watching martial arts movies. I was skateboarding. I was playing video what games. What age? Uh, pretty much till I left. So, so how, what age span did people think you were gay? I'd probably say <laughs> like th- 12, 13 until I left. Oh, dude. I mean, I did that date. sucks. That's like bullying years. And yet. And that was in a time. What years were those? That those was the 90s. 90s. Um, yeah, dude. Back in the 90s, people. That was really shitty. People would be like, you know, using gay slurs and stuff. And like. Yeah, I, got, I, mean, like, I, got I feel like now in, in like the middle school years, I'm hoping bullying for gays is less. I, I got picked on. Don't get me wrong. For but like people. what ended up happening. uh was I was a straight A student, mm-hmm. but I also excelled at sports. Mm-hmm. But I was also listening to violent music. But I was also skateboarding. But I was also snowboarding. That's awesome. So I was too much of a jock 
jock for the uh, uh, for the, 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 the quote unquote nerdy kids, mm-hmm. for the straight students. I was too much of a nerd and a weirdo for the jocks. The more fringe kids thought that I was one or the other and didn't fit in there. So I really was, uh, in a lot of ways, like kind of alone. Yeah. So, so when it came to like doing individual, I didn't have a ton of friends. Um, yeah. Growing up, but the ones I did have, we were the same fucking kind of rejects. Yeah. So, you know what's weird now? I was having a conversation with uh, this girl who uh, was describing her high school dynamics, and she's ten years. Well, I'm thirty-four. She's like nine or eight or years younger than me. So I notice a difference and maybe definitely a difference between when you were growing more, up more than likely, but she was describing to me this group of what she was considering popular kids and they played lacrosse. They were like well-liked and popular amongst a lot of people and they played Yu-Gi-Oh and they're really into Yu-Gi-Oh and anime. And it was like this weird mixture that I had never heard of. And I don't know if this is just unique to it's this like 21 jump street. Yeah. It was like, yeah, the, like they the, go back the movie, to high school. not the show, the movie, the movie. Yeah. When like Channing Tatum and them yeah. and Jonah Hill go back and they think high school is a certain way. Like it's cool to shit on, you know, kids who study a lot or yeah. kids who do nerdy things like that. But then all the cool kids were doing that. It's yeah. exactly like that. Dynamic. And then the shift has happened even more now to where like in high school now, like there's no like you have to, if you're a jock, you can't go out for the school play or if you're this, you can't also do this or like for you, like you know, whatever you were into, like you were too nerdy to do this or be a part of the whole group. Now I think it's more like a blend across. This is just, I don't know if it's like that everywhere in America, but anecdotally, this is one story I'm basing it on. Well, when you live in a small town in the South that has four syllables, you're not going to get a lot of more open-mindedness. Well, this was here. I mean, I don't know. This is that was Greenville. I lived in Rutherford County, Rutherford 10 uh, during my more formal years, which is, which is where West Virginia, North Carolina, North Carolina. I'm an idiot. North uh, Carolina. Yeah. Well, I think West Virginia probably been, would have been more accepting to be perfectly honest. With yeah. Um, but I think it's going in a more accepting direction in a lot of ways. It um, might be. Uh, or just more of like, we're thinking about things differently than we had before. I hope so. Fucking we need it. And I, I've told about this before too, but the, uh, I saw my uh, cousin Caroline do a school play. She was in beauty and the beast uh, in Atlanta in her high school and she did great but the thing I noticed was there were a lot of jocks and like guys that were playing in really great acting roles and they were singing and they were doing all this stuff like I don't know I feel like a backwards way of looking at that 20 years ago would be like oh, I'm a jock I'm not gonna do theater that's gay or something really ignorant like that but these kids were like putting their all into it and they were all having a great time putting themselves out there I was like that's cool so I like I like this younger generation in some ways I think uh, I, I, the thing younger I, generation. Yeah, I think I don't like about them is they're too fatalistic with their approach to a lot of things. That's one thing that I've. How I, so? What do you mean by that? Here's where I get canceled. Um, we'll do old men screaming at cloud moment yeah, for um, both. And this and this this is this, this like I said this is where I get canceled. Um, they're, too fatalistic. They're too fatalistic in the fact that they think everything is a personal affront. Rather than just like, here's the actual context of something. It's no further oh, the, than that. The woke sensitivity. Okay. I want to say something about being woke. Uh, for those of you that don't know what where woke comes from, it actually comes from black culture. And it's about being awake and being aware of things that are happening. Usually with gentrification, you heard that more in the late 90s, early aughts in places like Brooklyn. Um, it, but it goes back all the way to like the 1900s. I want to say like Tulsa, Oklahoma area. I forget the name of the town that where there was a... Um, 
prosperity among a black town that was actually doing better than all the white towns around the area. And they were awake to what was going on. Anyways, uh, I know I've, I've butchered some of that. That's where the term woke came from. And now it's used as a pejorative amongst really dumb motherfuckers. All right. So there's your history lesson. Okay. But the uh, fatalistic approach to the, the, the youth have is everything is used as a personal affront and it's always aimed directly at them. And that's the problem with them being fatalistic towards everything. I think everything it's not an it's not being too sensitive. It's taking it to an extreme no matter what. Like every time someone says something, it it does not fall a hundred percent in line with their ideology of insert whatever it is. Yeah. And like that is more of like an I don't want like saying neo fascist approach, mm-hmm. but it's closer to that than it is to like, hey, I agree with 95% of the stuff you're saying, but this 5% that I don't like, you're a, like, you're a Nazi. I'm like, motherfucker, yeah. I'm not a Nazi. Why can't, we're, it's 95, it's still an A, motherfucker. Why can't yeah. you, like, pull back and see, like, not everything's going to be 100% your way. For sure. It's almost, it's almost like the fatalistic approach. You're being very selfish. And you're not willing to accept a small difference. Yeah, so for sure. That's, I guess, yeah. So, so and the fact Definitely that, negative, for like, sure. That woke is a pejorative is very dumb. Um, mm-hmm. like Florida's anti-woke law. Oh, you mean like being a good person? You're not, you're against being a good fucking person. Cool. Florida fall off into the goddamn motion. No one. We don't really need you. Well, okay. I have so, friends in Florida, uh, uh, and I, I want them to be safe, but the rest of it. Uh, no, no. I, well, I, I was going to say, uh, yeah, the, uh, the sensitivity stuff, I, I guess I'm, I'm trying to be like optimistic about like, uh, how, you know, if high schoolers are more open-minded about whatever uh, click or, you know, they don't have to be a part of just one. Yeah. Um, like, uh, I want to think that the the younger people, like they, they think about things differently and they're not going to concern themselves maybe with all the sky is falling bullshit. Cause to me, um, when I listen to like the group chat with my college age, married buddies and then yeah. my parents and stuff, there's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of fear around, What's going on with COVID? What's going on with politics? What's going on with this? I kind of feel like even younger people are like, I don't really care. It's probably going to be fine. I got a bunch of cool shit I want to make. I got a bunch of cool shit I want to do. Yeah. I want to. I want to do stuff on social media. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna be cringe. I'm gonna. God, I hate when people say that. It's like. Yeah. It's, uh, that's that's actually one of the most asslandingly annoying terms I, I hear. Like it's so cringe. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Stop well, they're afraid it. they they can be afraid to put themselves out there. I feel like some young people are cool with putting themselves out there, but uh, yeah, like try, they're not fail, they're not try. concerned with the fear mongering of you know all the crazy shit in society that's bad and scary and real. But you don't have to dwell on it. I th- I think the big difference when you're talking about like the, political ideologies, they don't want to get the 21 Jump Street thing mm-hmm. uh, with everyone being more accepting. Is that there's more information out there? Yeah, and, more information. And, and, exactly, and, and, it's, and it's spread faster and it's more accessible yeah that's really the big difference because they're getting phones in their hands at like freaking they had the library by fourth of, grade third grade people have smartphones now. they have the library of alexandria at their fingertips for lack of a better way of putting it uh-huh. and having that out there makes it easier whereas my generation like we had zine libraries and that's like and i'm being very glib about saying that uh your generation really had the internet but yeah. it was in, it was more of in its infancy. Yeah, mine had dial up. That's where I started. Um, Seventh grade dial up. Like your parents uh, trying to uh, trying to find porn pa- on dial up. <laughs> your parents had the Dewey Decimal System. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, so these kids getting the Library of Alexandria. I like how you put that. 
Yeah. At third grade, what is that doing? It's 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 both, broadening the, like what how they think about shit. It's also overstimulating. It's, it's, overstimulating. They don't too. know how to control like. It's it's both good and bad. It's good because the ideas are there. It's bad because it stunts their emotional growth because you're showing them. 10 million things at once and trying to process all that instead of going through it slowly yeah. is more detrimental. Like I can go on my phone right so now. So you think it's better to go through it slowly? Like It's better to say, hey, here are all the options. What do you want to learn first? Okay, well, I've learned this. Well, what else do you want to learn? We're going to learn math for an hour. We're going to learn geography yeah, for I, an hour. We're going to learn... We're going to learn about this sort of philosophy for science, an hour. Science, yeah. It's, it's be- it, I would rather have everything available... And then, like, pick and choose at a pace that makes sense. When you have it all thrown at you at once, that's where a lot of, that's where I think a lot more of the problems happen than people want to admit. So, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm wondering. I think there'll be a lot of problems. I wonder, like, all the good stuff that'll happen too. Like, I wonder how different. Actually, uh, you know, Moira Goyri? Goyri yeah. In love uh, Asheville. Yeah. So she had, uh, gosh, I, I don't want to do another bit. I'll just say the, the point of, her joke was that uh, daytime television has really fucked us because uh, the 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 head of Apprentice and Fear Factor are now like, you know, the figureheads in modern culture. Yeah, Joe Rogan and and uh, Donald Trump as uh, two prominent that has really you know kind of fucked us. But where they started was daytime television, and like that over the course of the last twenty years, those have bubbled up to the top, and those are like the powerful people. And I was wondering, let, I mean, I mean, like, she, what is the, what is that equivalent of today? Like, are TikTokers now in twenty years going to be the political candidates and powerful people God, that I are like not. guiding the cultural conversation? Tick, That's tick, a little scary. TikTok is dumbing us down. By the way, everybody, TikTok is is owned by China, and they are going to use it against us. Not weird conspiracy. It will happen. Mark my words. Um, yeah, I'm also a grown ass man with adult sized genitals, so I don't really need TikTok. But I, I just thought that was interesting because you think if you go back and watch an Apprentice episode or a Fear Factor episode, it is like not even the same culture today. It's like no, it's, it's not. weird. People wouldn't sit and watch that now. No, I just wonder wouldn't. how the like our you know cultural consciousness now is like different already a lot. How much more different is it going to be? It's I in think twenty years. I think. One of the things like with, that bothers me with with social media, it's happening so fast too. Is, like, is not just the pace of it, but the idea of influencers in any way, shape, or form being actual people of true influence. Yeah, the idea of their opinions being them, to of us. them being famous, of them having actual cultural impact, like. I don't care if you have millions of views. I don't care if you have millions of followers. Are you changing policy? No, yeah. shut the fuck up. Are you actually improving the lives of your community? No, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Are you actually inventing something? Yeah. No, shut the fuck up. Yeah. It's, you're not doing anything. Yeah. I don't care how many funny skits you have. I don't care about any of that dumb bullshit. Unless you're taking a picture of like your cat and he's going, hey, this is a cat that we rescued. Mm-hmm. Here's some local rescues in my area. Here's a resource to, to, to reach out to rescues in your area. Yeah. That's different. To me, it's cool if you're like doing it for fun. Like, cause you want to do it and then yeah. screw how many people watch it. And, and I, I want people to watch stuff. I want, I would love for more people to watch the podcast or see the local con, but at the end of the what day, you're, what you're I don't want to like sell out for like, first of all, you're not selling out. You're saying like, Hey, here's some stuff you can have a conversation about. Yeah. Big difference between saying I'm an influencer and I'm important. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a gigantic difference. And, I, and there are people that are on social media that are using the platform 
or whatever it may be for a betterment of something. Mm -hmm. But the big problem with social media, and it has been this way for years, is that it is nothing more than self-righteousness and a way to bolster their own fucking bullshit. It has nothing to do with improving things around them. And the more people start taking these social media influencers and people that have tons of followers... You're you're a fucking follower. Think about the title yeah. of follower. The thing, you're not a leader. Yeah. There's leaders and followers. If you're just a follower, you're not doing shit. And if you're doing and if you're doing things at the whim of a of an influencer, what 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 are you accomplishing? Yeah. Like what are you what are you what are you creating? Creating. Yeah, yeah. That's not that's a goddamn I like, thing. I like people like that are you know try to make their own stuff. Like it's cool. Like I like to encourage people like you know try making your own stuff because it's so fun. It's scary to make your own stuff because it'll be cringe. But, God damn it. But I I like people cringe AF bro. Yeah, it's cool when people start to do it themselves. I actually really like that. Let's say, like I like to tell people to try stand up if you never tried it before. Yeah. If you've ever thought about it, freaking do it. Yeah, like it doesn't matter. There's not a limited number of like spots or stuff. Like it's a there's a lot no, of there people. Is. There's a limit. Well, some uh, people our, need to quit. Some people, some people should quit. Some people stop. Some people should off them. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. Some no, people should no. enrich the gene pool. Don't spread your bullshit to the rest of the West. Sorry, but like, uh, yeah, that, the difference. That's between, that's starting Adam um, making stuff and filing stuff. The other thing is um, that I hope happens is that people like the follow like the group of people that follow stuff. Like they kind of eventually get sick of, like let's say somebody gets Instagram famous or like you know, and it's it's kind of douchey about it or like, like they start it, to feel themselves a little bit more and they're not authentic or they're not like doing it for the right reasons anymore. People will start to fall off. Like, like you, here's somebody that I kind of got annoyed with, and if, I don't know, I don't if, mean to if, if I if I could interrupt you for if, if you if you're following these these like the the douchey people like you say you go you know what this is dumb as fuck I I need to create something this is. If you have that, that that moment of self awareness where you're like, yo, I gotta do something good. I need to do something that that puts something truly good out into the world, or at least makes me a better person. Yeah. If that inspires you to do that, then fantastic. But ninety five percent of the stuff out there is not making people do that. All right, continue. Right. Well, I'm sorry. I feel like okay. So what can happen is people get fa- and then they start to like feel themselves too much, and then their quality starts to drop off. I hope the audience starts to drop off with it because they're like this doesn't resonate with me anymore because you started as like this cool person just doing it for fun and now you like think you're the shit and I don't like that the ego ego yeah ego so, behind like, 90 like, percent is fucking insane so I was gonna say the name of a person that's like famous that I've kind of started to like his content a little less is Andrew Schultz I don't know if we're not related well, oh yeah, you're not really. Yeah, <laughs> I've been asked that I, seriously so many times. I like Andrew Schultz and stuff, but I kind of felt like his recent special and then how his podcast has gotten so successful. It's like, it's a little bit like I don't know, and I maybe it's totally stupid for me to say this because like what the fuck, but uh, just a, a little bit of arrogance and stuff, a little bit of like okay, I'm established now, I'm this guy. Kind of got away from his roots a little bit, um, and that's the and thing. I, I think hopefully in like the. You know, people vote by what they'll watch. I'm hoping that, you know, there's a there's a correction for that. Like nobody can get so big that it's like, you know, that's what I'm hoping with um with uh, like quality the, rises to the top. I guess cream rises to the top. Hopefully the, uh, the cream or the most people popular. start to like like a lot of people start to like more things of quality as opposed to like just the 
crack for your brain shit that's like it's either gonna be the quality or the most popular and the not narrating the two shall meet all the time which is which is a problem that's why i'm really hoping that this non-profit thing that i'm doing if i have to eventually take my name away yeah, from like it, something like that it's fucking then, cool that, that's fine i'll like take a cat non-profit it's fucking cool i'll take my it's like a local like, thing and like we're we're it's it's, it's an homage it's, it's like skateboarding stuff too is what we're what we're gonna is merch stickers pins skateboard decks uh-huh um if, if my name has to disappear from it for it to thrive, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. It's not, this it is not about me. Right. It's about a cause. Right. And it's a local cause. That's the other thing too. Like it'd be cool to have more like local stuff, like it, stuff around like you. I, wa- I want to grow it. Like, to I think that's healthier because then, to me, like the, like the big conflicts that people get all upset about is kind of yeah. like global. It's like your political ideology. That's what people fight about. But if you know people in your neighborhood, yeah, like that's people don't fight as much. Like I want my my goal with it is like to grow it from one to make sure it fucking succeeds after the first two drops, uh, grow it locally, then regionally. Then if it stops regionally and but it's but it continues, that's great. If it goes nationally, dude, I I will have achieved something that I never thought I would have achieved. Uh, and I, I use me you as just this thing national. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah. Uh, and I would love for it to be something that gets so big that it bleeds into other countries just to be like, hey, take care of these. Take care of these these animals. They, take they, care of these cats. Take care. Of, they, why, why are you not? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't like the stigma of black cats. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, it really that, that shit really bothers me. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why. I, I don't know why that popped up now instead of like earlier in the conversation. But um, I don't know. Yeah. What's, what's uh, a what, we. Uh, about forty-five minutes to an hour ago, you're, you're gonna, we're gonna go back to radio room. Let's go. Let's go back to radio. Comedy. Room. You want to talk about comedy? Yeah. Well, crowd, well yeah. Well, yeah. Let's we'll talk about comedy and radio room and all that good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Talk about some of the other topics so, tonight. Radio room. Morning. Whatever. For anybody, a lot of people know what radio room is, but anybody who doesn't, it is. Uh, it's one of the f- coolest mics here in town. I think it's not the most well attended every time. It's not like the most flashy. But it is like the most, it's like the coolest, I mean, like you can go there and try anything and it's, uh, well, not anything. Don't, don't be, don't be an edgelord douchebag as I've learned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause that's, that's not cool, no, but it's not, um, but yeah, I, I, I really do like this place and I, it has been fun and we appreciate you kind of like handing that off, like, like giving us, you know, younger people a chance to host and. Just screw around with shows and um, yeah, I love that place. Yeah, um, and I I'm actually bring I'm actually taking it back uh, in the new year. It's moving to Wednesdays. Going back to Wednesdays. Going back to Wednesdays. It's, it's going to be at eight thirty now. Eight thirty. It's only going to be uh, fourteen spots, so it's going to be done as far as the lineups. It's going to be done the old way, mm-hmm. so it's going to be done in the group chat. Uh, if you're not in the group chat. Sorry, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to hold a certain amount of spots for out of town comics that aren't in the group chat. So, like, if Cody texts me, he's like, "Are you going to come?" Yeah, I don't give a shit. Um, I'm going to start making sure that at least one person uh, every week that we have it. There's going to be a few weeks that we don't because of shows, but uh, one person is going to be ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to. Yeah, that was fun. You used to do that. You used to let me do. Or you used to let people do ten minutes at the end of the show. You told me to do that. Like yep. within a month of doing comedy. Pressure test. It um, was so horrible. Uh, and <laughs> I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to set up some new parameters. I'm bringing back my one rule and I'm going to crack the whip on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to bring back Q and a, 
at the end. Yeah. Uh, the first one I'm going to do mm-hmm. um, uh, just to kind of reestablish things. Uh, and then we'll start doing, uh, we'll start bringing two people back up. And we've had a lot of fun stuff at Radio Room. Like we did uh roast of Whitney. Yep. We did Jeff Thompson. Yep. Um, yeah, we never did a roast for me. Um, just saying. I'm just kidding. There was no occasion ever to do that. No. No. I, no. Um, <laughs> no, was it Jeff's 40th birthday? I'm I totally think, kidding. Was it I, Jeff's? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, way, the thing I want, I want to grow that room back because we've been lucky enough to have touring comics come through um, as regular as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I want that room to be as as premiere of a room as uh, coffee underground. Yeah. I know it's not going to be on that level uh, for a long time because I think coffee underground is like one of, if not the longest running coffee of- underground. is so great. Cause it's got like, well, it's got the, the history the location is yep. fa- more favorable to just people off the street walking in, not knowing about it and the structure of the room being, so, you don't you only need a few people to be a freaking great show. Yeah. And, I, and again, I think it's like the longest running, uh, open mic in the upstate. So yeah. They, they have that. And radio room, it has, it has come and gone, whether it was the old location, what's new the location. street that it's on right now. I want to say it's Rutherford or Poinsett highway. I don't know. It's, that's terrible. I they're work. starting to like put shit out there. Like they're starting to like put more businesses. I don't know if they're gentrifying, whatever, but that's, that is a good word for it. There's going to be, more people yeah through that area so like i think it's you know definitely chance for more audience and um some really cool shows there and it's i i got i do have a lot of long-term plans for as long as that place uh will let me have a mic there and Mm -hmm. let me have shows there i feel like radio room has grown there have been some nights there where it is packed and it's not always but obviously but you know, there are people that thought the comedy was gone because I wasn't there anymore. And there was, and it was on Tuesday. They're like, what'd you do? I was like, well, we had to move it to Tuesday cause they have started having all these tours come through on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And like the, like for those that don't know, and this isn't really inside baseball, but we didn't think it was going to last longer than a couple months because when the pandemic hit, everyone was like, Oh, it's going to be just for a couple months. And we we're like, okay, we'll run it for a couple months just for something to do. Mm-hmm. And then it, it extended yeah. and then it extended and then it kept going and then it kept going and then it kept going. Yeah. And you know, we were very fortunate to have that and like, uh, everyone at radio room. Cause I, one of my first like paid shows I did at the old location. Yeah. Nick Shaheen, Nick uh, Shaheen, um, Godfather of Greenville he, he, comedy. He is the true Godfather of Greenville comedy. So whenever Jeff has said that to me, I've always felt like that's Nick Shaheen. That's not me. Ah. Um, uh, so, and, and Nick, um, really is the big reason why I'm doing this still. Uh, I don't know if he meant to give me the torch and run with it, or if he just dropped it. It's like, whoever wants to pick it up can do yeah. it. But I chose to. So it's been 10 years since you've started comedy, right? Yep, a little over 10 so years. So if you had a crystal ball, where would you want to see Greenville Comedy in 10 years from now? Either. It, the year would be 2032. Yeah, 2032. Um, I'm going to give two answers, and it's either be good or bad. Uh, depending on your outlook, uh, either completely gone. What? No, I'm serious. <laughs> either completely gone, um, because I would rather it be gone than become so fucking watered down and boring. Uh, keep Greenville comedy weird. <laughs> I mean, not necessarily weird. Just keep it fucking exciting. Yeah. Um, or to be thriving with multiple venues mm-hmm. uh, that cater to every audience. Mm-hmm. 
because I don't feel right now that everything caters to everybody. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel that enough people have really stepped up to really put their all into it. And I'm not talking about like, like individual bookers. I'm talking about all the comics and I'm talking to all the comics I'm talking to all the comics. Oh, I'm talking to all the comics. Oh, I'm talking to every last fucking one of you. I'm not talking to the people that put shows together. I'm talking to every last fucking one of you. Um, and I can put myself in the same goddamn group. So I can say this. You don't like it? Suck my dick. Oh my um, gosh. Okay, what do you got to say to the comics? Don't promote shows that only you are on. That's really annoying. Okay. Don't exclude other people because you think they're not good enough. Everyone else has put you on show so they wanted to give you a chance. Give everyone else a chance. If you know they've been working hard and they've improved, put them on. Even if it's just opening, give them a shot. Why are you not doing that? The fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> you want to be on shows? Give them a chance. Do you want to know why I got to where I am? Because someone gave me a chance. That's why I've given almost every single comic a chance. <laughs> I'm, I have Sorry. almost fulfilled... Every single person in Greenville Comedy uh, shot on my shows. I am catching up from COVID times, and I've almost got everybody on. Mm-hmm. Do you know how hard that is to put every single person in Greenville yeah. Comedy starting almost eight years ago to now? Hmm. Put people on shows. This if they a- eat a bag of dicks, they eat a bag of dicks. You, is- lesson learned. Keep watching them. Yeah. I know where all y'all skill levels are at because I've been watching you for so fucking long. Anything else? <laughs> Don't yeah. be predatory. Don't be shitty. Don't be divisive. Anything else? <laughs> Keep writing. Keep Don't writing. rest on your laurels. Go to uh, new places. Yeah. There you go. Da, 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 da. David, you do realize. I'm like, just trying to break the tension. Okay, you're no, the no, one who's no. tense. I'm, I'm just, tense. I'm just giving, I'm just no, giving I'm an good. answer. I'm just giving an honest answer that nobody no, wants I, to give. I like when people. I don't. I, I'm not going to give a uh, let's jerk each other off answer. I have no reason to do that. No, I agree. I no. have nothing. I have nothing to gain, nothing to lose. Um, if people get mad at me, then get fucking mad at me. Say it to my face. I really don't give a shit. Yeah, this is why I don't like running shows. I like this. No, this you is just chill, and we like to do. You know, I like to have anybody on for podcasts and do stuff like that. But um, when it comes to shows, it's kind of it gets into this. Uh, you know, you got to crack the whip. You got to crack the whip. This, you, yeah, the stress of booking shows. On yeah, a local it sucks. Level, it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's stressful. It's hard. It's, it's stressful hard. doing all and the it. egos get involved that we talked about. You got to like remove the all ego. that kind of stuff. And when the egos are there, then put them in check. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I need this. I need that. Fuck you. You this is what you're getting. Don't like it. Don't fucking do it. Yeah. And that's and that's really how you got to handle it because all all that's gonna happen, man. All that's gonna happen is someone's gonna be mad. Oh, this person said this. And they didn't give me everything that I wanted. Well, maybe you don't fucking deserve it. Yeah. Well, that. Yeah. That's maybe is. you don't fucking deserve it. And as someone like, and I'm gonna be a, sound like a little bit of a bitter bitch when I say this. Um, I've been doing this long enough to know how good I am, but I know how good I'm not. Mm-hmm. I can be a hundred percent honest about that. There are people that have never given me a chance who I have helped out for years. So I'll talk shit on them. What are you going to do? Continue to not book me? I really don't fucking care. Mm-hmm. I will continue to shit on you as often as possible. Um, fuck you. Uh, 
uh, and the people that have helped me out, that have wanted to help me out and will continue to help me out, if I can't make your shows because of my schedule, I'm sorry, but I love you for still thinking about me. And I will always talk you up to anyone who asks. I promise you. Uh, you, you have my word because I still do it to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, for anyone who's stuck with me through all of my bullshit, you know who you are. You're still going to have my back and I'm going to have your fucking back till mm-hmm. the day I stop drawing breath. Uh, if If... You're not going to be there for people when they need you the, uh, the most. And if you're not going to give people a chance to have like a comeback, if you're not going to do that, get the fuck out of my business. Get the fuck out of this business. <laughs> fucking quit. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck your mother. Fuck yourself with a, with a fucking knife. I don't want you around. I don't want your energy around. I don't want your vibe around. I don't want your bullshit in this business. This is a good family-friendly episode. No, it is. It's honest. It's, people don't want this honesty from people. They want to jerk each other off, and yeah. they want to... It's, it's like the blind leading the blind, for lack of a better... They want to think they're doing the, the, the right thing, and you're not. You're fucking things up in the long run. Yeah. There, was a, uh, there was a few years ago. We'll say about five or six. I think... And, uh, um, and it was either uh, Elijah Transow, I always fuck up his last name, or it might have been Miguel Osornio, or it might have been Frey Ford. And I, uh, I purposely did my best to tank Greenville comedy because I did not. No, I did. I purposely tried to ruin it. I did not like where it was going. Mm-hmm. It wanted to be this family friendly kind of thing, this PG thirteen. I'm like, that's not art. There are people that are not yeah. going to do that. They're not going to capitulate. They're not going to want to do this. Now, I can do that stuff. It's funny. That function is necessary. You gotta it is. You've got to keep the artists in with the, uh, with the corporate angle. It is. But you got to have both, or, but you can't, or, or then it'll get too But you can't have only shitty. that. You can't and, have only art. You can't have only yeah. the corporate. You've got to have both commingling. But, if, but, but it was moving towards just one thing. Mm-hmm. And I did everything I could to fucking crush it. I did everything I could. I Public made a lot service. of people mad. I made a lot, and some people may still be mad at me. I don't give a shit. Be, get stay die mad, um, and then I started doing everything on my own, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how like Stone Grown started because uh, Heath Stone, who is uh, uh, the, the the my the, name the, is Heath Stone. The, is that the, the guy from the same guy from those commercials? Uh, maybe I don't you remember that. Okay, because yeah. uh, Heath did, was doing the same thing. He was booking his own shows, and then uh, with a. Uh, uh, he was booking his own shows. Frey and uh, Frey Ford and Chaz Scoville were booking their shows. And it was R- RSBS was uh, hosted by Chaz and Frey. Um, I, I can sing the whole song, but I'm not going to. It's a very, very memorable song. So if you ever get a chance to uh, hear it, please do. And then I was doing my shows. And then Frey moved to Atlanta. And then Chaz and uh, Heath started Scoville and Stone. And then Chaz moved to either Atlanta or I'm pretty sure it was Seattle. Seattle. And yeah. then I, I don't know why I think he was planning to move to Atlanta. And then Heath and I started working together and I was booking shows independently. He was, and we all kind of came, we, we came together and we and started stone grown comedy. It was called do the thing, uh, but we changed to stone grown. It's a much better name. And we started booking all the shows and I, like we've done a ton of charity shows. We've done like over 400 paid shows in Greenville. And if my math is right, I think we've only had six shows, seven shows on the red. Nice. Uh, we've raised a shitload of money for charity, mm-hmm. and I will continue to do so. I, my my role will change eventually, where I'm not going to be in the forefront, and that's fine. But I would rather keep going and getting all the newer comics up to snuff. Yeah, and to understand that like this is a business, and you're there's times you're going to have to be cutthroat. And then other times you just got to stand your ground and people think it's cutthroat. Yeah. 
But like, if you really want to do this, just you, be funny. That's the only thing. No, it's not just that. Yeah, it is. No, it's not just that. There's, yeah, it is. There, you can't be just, funny. Is like crap. You, you, you can't just funny. be. You can't just be funny and be able to be like proficient at booking. Well, yeah, be funny and, and don't be a dick. Um, you be a dick. There's times you're gonna have to be a dick. There's times you you might have to walk a promoter at knife point to an ATM. Oh my like, god! The, what? You've done that? I mean, not in not in comedy. <laughs> um, in music, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, can't, we don't incriminate you here. Yeah, I'm not going to fully incriminate myself. <laughs> um, but there's there's you're, there's times you're going to have to fucking nut up. Yeah. You're just going to have to do it. Uh-huh. Um, you're going to have to figure out who you are and what you're going to want to do in this. Mm-hmm. If you just want to be a performer, just be a performer. There's no shame in that. Mm-hmm. But don't try to do more or tell people how to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just want to be a booker, yo, just be a booker. But don't tell comics how to do comedy. Yeah, if if you want to do all of it, be prepared to fucking suffer. I mean, I think it's fair to be like, okay, this is a room I'm booking. This is the type of shows I do. If that's not your style of comedy, fine. I just I want we're not going to do that for this show. Yeah, I'm not judging you personally, but that's not the kind of show I want to do. Yeah, to me, that's perfectly reasonable. Yeah, right. Like this is you know, like you know, sometimes uh, you know Ben has done uh, a clean show. Yeah, and he'll book you know clean, clean comics. comics. Yeah. Or this is, you know, a radio room show, maybe different flavor. Or this is, um, you know, Comedy Zone, like doing. They have touring, national touring comics. National that, like, touring comics. That are like. They'll they, have like they're working big name black circuit. comedians that'll be a different type of flavor. They'll or be they'll have like, like Big J Okerson on his like specific run for this yeah. particular. These, they have comics that work cer- certain circuits. Like I get that. Uh and, and you're talking more about the proclaiming of like all comedy should be this way. And yeah, it's, that's that. That's it that, should be like that's this. that weird fatalistic bullshit. What is it, that you monolithic. Yeah, is that, I don't know. If, is that the right word? Monolithic. Uh, I don't know. If mono, the same mono, uh, one. Homogenous. Homogenous. I don't know. I don't know. Something. Something. Nine Eleven was an inside job. I don't know. <laughs> Epstein didn't kill himself. Uh, maybe he did. I don't know. The, the cameras weren't working. We don't know, guys. Um, but it's no. If, if it's you really you really if you're gonna do all of it like I have done. Um, and this is not me patting myself on the back. Uh, I assure you, uh, you're be prepared to put yourself through some shit. Be prepared to like really question who you are. If you're doing the right thing, be prepared for certain skill levels to drop off, Be prepared for some to like explode and do really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to suffer mentally, emotionally, uh, physically, financially, like you're going to go through some shit. And if you're not prepared to do that, if you don't have the mindset to do it, then don't do it. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to not want to do it, but if you're not prepared, or you don't have someone to guide you, uh, it's going to tear you down. It's making you never want to do it again. But if you have someone like, and there's people that have taught me how to do it. So I'm not saying I'm the guiding person. Um, I've had other people teach me how to do it. Mm-hmm. Same way when I booked hardcore shows, I had the right people around me to teach me how to do it. Yeah. There's cool stuff too that, that happens in comedy scenes where like, uh, like I, I went to my first one in Asheville. I don't know you've done this before. Yep. It's like a joke writing workshop. Yep. So uh, Cody and James Harrod, uh, they were kind of leading it um, where we went up before Mike and there was like six of us and you bring a bit. And I was, this is my first time there. I didn't really want to do it. But uh, they, they like they like sat around the, the stool and the microphone. It's like where the normal stage was. It'd be yeah. like at Radio Room, like before a show. And then you have to go up and do a bit in front of just con- – and it was, like, so uncomfortable. But I forced myself to do it, and it was awesome. Like, I got, like, really good tag idea, just forcing myself to do it. Um, and I, I, uh, I'm i glad that I, you know, 
because like a part of me doesn't like to do that. I like to just do it on my own, try it if it fails, but to like get feedback from people. It's uncomfortable, but a lot of times the senior comics can help. Yeah. You know, they've done some of that at Comedy Zone a little bit, um, but, Me, uh, you know. What we do is uncomfortable as comics. It's just well, like that mentorship, like of like a better comic who knows what the hell they're doing. It's like they can help somebody like me who's younger or like, you know, whoever. Like, most life. And most you of get life shit is, out of it. Most of life's uncomfortable. Just this bottom line. Asking for help's uncomfortable to me. It's yeah. So. Most of life is 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 thriving in uncomfortability mm-hmm. and learning how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So and stand ups like yeah, fiercely like by yourself. So you don't always want to ask for help. But I always appreciate it when the older comics, older, more experienced. I help mean, out either the either ones. works. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I've, sure. I've seen like comics that have been doing it for years mm-hmm. that are older. I won't say more experienced, mm-hmm. but older, try to give advice to new comics. And I've told them like, hey, take this for what it's worth. They're comedy poison. <laughs> There's a reason why they've never yeah, advice, done shows. You gotta vet it, I guess. Um, yeah. But, you know, it just comes down to like, what do you want to listen to? What do you want to be? Uh-huh. What do you, What is your end goal? Uh-huh. Like my end goal, all it was. All it was was open for Joe DeRosa, who is still one of my comedy heroes, and go on tour one time, maybe record a record. And you've done that. That was it. And I've recorded a couple records. I've rec- I've gone on tour more than once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've opened for Joe DeRosa, and among like several other comics that have big credits. Uh, I've opened for one of my favorite bands uh, a couple times. I'm going to open for bands in the future because they said, hey, if we're in town, do you want to fucking open for us? Or if you're going to be in this town, do you want to open for us? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a weird life. Yeah. But it's a cool thing. Yeah, for sure, dude. So it's awesome. Like, I I can honestly say within my first year, I got everything I wanted out of comedy. Yeah. And now it's, it's just. It's all just gravy. Oh. It's just, it's. And now, well, part of it's gravy, part of it's a challenge. Like, how far do I want to push myself? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm at a point now where I. Uh, I really just want to do this and uh, it's hard Um, because like the more you fall in love with like doing something like this, the more you like (laughs) are checked out of your day job. I don't want to talk too much about that, but, uh, but yeah, it's don't, don't, no, it's don't, don't be checked out. I've, I've not checked out, but it's like, I have a hard time getting excited about it because like, I'm so much more excited about comedy. It, it, I've, uh, here's, it's a lot of work. Like you were saying, you had to step away from radio a little bit because you were pulled in too many directions. Yeah, and, and you had two other passions outside of it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm feeling spread thin right now. And the, uh, I, I do no, I do have advice for uh, honest advice for anyone who is like uh, uh, feeling spread thin. Yeah, and this is this is honest, this is honest advice. Uh, first thing, first and foremost, I'm uh, listening big time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Take care of your body. It's legit. Take stay. This is a drink water, but like drink water, take vitamins, uh, eat well. First thing that will eliminate a lot of the bullshit. I'm doing none of those things. That's why I ask if you're doing okay a lot of the time, David. Yeah, and I, I appreciate you. you asking. Adam um, checks in on me. Really uh, appreciate that's, that. That's first thing. Like, take care of your body. Uh, it's important. Uh, take care of your mind. Secondly, whether it's like a, a psychiatrist, psychologist, talking to your friends going on walks, fucking taking acid, whatever it is for you, just take care of your mind. Yeah. That's the second thing. Third thing, uh, learn how to compartmentalize but not minimize. So you have to wear a lot of hats in this in this world. So learn when to put each hat on 
Yeah. And when to take the other hat off. That's great advice. Don't don't wear too many because then you look like an asshole with too many hats on. Yeah. Um, and then finally, like when when you gotta learn this how to say no, learn how to say no and stick to it. But also learn when it's time to push back against someone who's a. a being unreasonable in one aspect or another. Mm-hmm. You can say no to things or say yes to things, but there's always going to be those people that are around that will like, try to guilt you or take or, advantage of your yeah, kindness na- or naivety, whatever naivety. it may be. Yeah. Uh, fucking stay. You really got to stick up for yourself and you're going to come off like a dick sometimes. Come on. Who cares? Come off like a dick. Yeah. If, if the worst you ever hear about yourself is, well, they yelled at this person one time. Well, anything else they've done bad? Well, no. Well, you sound like a fucking asshole yeah. trying to, Pick one thing out. Yeah, I think that's right. I think because uh, I was always, I'm always very agreeable and like I need to set boundaries, you know. I've learned that with my new job. It's like I'll say yes to everything, like everything that comes across, any request. And uh, I've had to learn to say no to shit, like, which I hate doing because I don't want to let anybody, I don't want to let anybody down or anything like that. But you run yourself down by doing that, by never saying no. And you're not even your real per- you're not even your real self because you're agreeing to things yeah. you don't even want to do. Yeah. So and like in in, in all seriousness, like there's gonna be there's gonna be points where you're like you're gonna be confused. It's okay to be confused. Yeah. Don't don't get in your head like uh, you fucked up. Mm-hmm. Accept that you're gonna be confused. Except, here's like accept that you're gonna fail for the love of fuck's sake. Be like, okay, I failed. Well, pick yourself back up and try again. Yep. Accept that fail you're gonna on fail. purpose. I think failing on no, purpose. No, don't fail on purpose. Like I mean, unless you really want to, if you want to tank some shit, tank some shit. Like I've tanked job interviews. I've done some bits about that. Yeah. Like purposely tanking job interviews. That's uh-huh. just, that's just fun when I know I'm not going to get the job and they have no interest in me. But, but take a take a risk, take a big risk, maybe. Yeah. Fail. fail. Mm-hmm. Who gives a shit? If you fail, fine. People yeah. are going to judge you. Fine. Yeah. In a modern society, you know, there's very few things you'll fail at and die. Like people are going to judge you whether you fail or succeed. So just fail. Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel they're not going to spend that much time thinking about you. That was a advice my dad gave me. He's like, you wouldn't worry about what people think of you. If you knew how seldom they did. Yeah. People don't spend a lot of time. People think about their own lives and problems way more than they think about you. So, and if they are focused on you, it means their lives are very small. God damn it. Fuck it. Cringe. (laughs) Um, I don't know, man. Be cringe. Uh, lean into shit. Um, be really just like, be kind to people. So you don't have to be. Yeah. Um, and if you realize you're being taken advantage of and you're being a sucker, I tell that person to suck you from the back like, <laughs> and use those, use that exact phrase because uh, they will not like it yeah. and they will learn that they're, yeah, it's hard to suck somebody from the back. I mean, not if you like, you know, understand physics and how penises work, but it'd have to be, yeah, big penis. You, 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 you just can't be fully hard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's there's your there's your sizzle reel right there. Adam Schulte has a. I'm dude. I'm in, I'm an Andrew. He's Post. well endowed. I'm an, I'm an Andrew Pose. That's the takeaway from today. Yeah, Schulte has a giant cock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this is where we ended or not. <laughs> That's a, the note we ended on. What time's your appointment? Uh, I got well. Shit, I actually got like an hour and. 20 before i gotta get there we can do a few more things i don't know uh well yeah we don't i don't like to go too long anymore like so uh you know we can cover a couple more things all right then... what you, you said you current events all right we, we let's was... talk about kanye what are your thoughts about kanye west going on alex jones and saying he admires aspects of adolf hitler um 
Not a fan. <laughs> I got a lot of Kanye Hitler memes that I've been uh, exposing to people. Like, here's the thing, man. Like, as a, as a level-headed, we're not going to take my uh, uh, my uh, my cultural or religious background into consideration. As a level-headed human being, um, this goes into a greater conversation as well. But if you're going to say, oh, it's his mental health. But no, there comes a point where like, fuck this motherfucker. He's purposefully doing this. He genuinely feels this way. And his handlers, whether they were there or not, you're allowing someone to go on another wing nuts channel who said Sandy Hook was was fake. Yeah. If you're, it's crazy when even Alex Jones gets nervous about what you're saying. I think then you have to like look yourself in the mirror. Alex Jones is like, wait, what? You actually like it? I don't even. I don't like. I thought those kids. I thought those kids was, were those fake kids didn't die. He but, like tried to give Kanye an out. I think he was like, you don't like Hitler, right? And he's like, no, I, I'm saying I like all. This. It's like, what are you doing? Like Adidas, what are you doing? Like Adidas dropping him was like the closest the Jews are ever going to get to an I'm sorry day from Germany. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I do do a bit where I explain the whole thing. It's a lot of fun. Um, but uh, uh, it's Kanye West like needs to no longer be part of the cultural zeitgeist. Like when he first started doing his more uh, um, uh, outspoken stuff, when he said George, Double, George W. Bush doesn't care about black people. Guess what? That was poignant because that was probably more than likely true. There was a there's a strong chance that that was like I still remember that clip. Oh yeah, him and, and Mike Myers. Mike Myers got and Mike Myers was like what? <laughs> that might have he was like yes. Wait what? <laughs> that might have been a chance for some for a cultural shift for change. That could have been a good thing when he said that. That might have put the light on some things that were going on, and it very well might have. Um, the then the Taylor Swift thing. Like I'm gonna let you finish. Yeah, that was just like he was wanted someone else to get some acknowledgement for something that was for was Beyonce, right? I think so. Beyonce had the greatest music video of all time. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was El- a record, but anyways, that was album. Yeah, I th- that again, that's putting the shine on someone who realistically didn't need it, but in his mind, uh, uh, he did. But as as it's gone on and on and on, it's, we're not talking about. You can only excuse mental illness for so long before you realize this person's an asshole. This and person they, is a gay fish, and and this person's an asshole, and they've gone unchecked for so long, and we you can't use mental health. Uh, as, as an, an excuse. excuse anymore, yeah. When's what's the cutoff? Does he have to kill someone before it's before before like oh now we need to step in? We're what, not what's kill the, anybody? We're not talking about killing Kanye. Might you never no. know? We don't know. Oh, he's gonna kill somebody. Or yeah. You talking about killing Kanye? No, you're not. I mean, if he no, said, no, no. If he said, if he said, I'm gonna go Defcon Five on the juice to my face. I'm not saying that I wouldn't. I'm not not <sighs> saying I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Jews haven't had the best history with history. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, it's, it's, yeah, it kind of seems like Kanye, uh, deliberately goes the other way anytime. I mean, he was a mediocre producer to begin with and not a good artist. You don't he, think he's a good artist? You don't no. like any of his music? No, I never have. Um, I like some of his songs. I like vibe to him. I'm not saying I, I don't know. I just like in the car. There was better, or, like back when growing up. There was, there was better Kanye shit had came, some bangers. There's better shit that came out of that era in Chicago. Uh, I don't know all the underground shit though. It's, it's well, it's it's a young chop on the beat. Mm. Uh, love Sosa. Okay. Love Sosa. Love Sosa. Drill. All right. Uh, what what else do you want to talk about? Okay. Um, so happy that I got to do that in my bit. My yeah. Mind. Uh, Kanye, talk about drill music. Um, date myself real quick. Yeah. Well, um, 
I don't know. Do you got any movies that you like? I just watched Bullet Train. Bullet Train. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I started that movie. Um, how was it? I love anything in those kind of, like I love Snatch, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Dude, Barrels. I love Snatch. Um, but anything that Guy Ritchie does in that vein, even some of his weirder stuff like Revolver. Was it I directed like, by Guy Ritchie? I don't think so, but I love like that style of movie. Yeah. Anything that involves like multiple plot twists, different, uh, uh, one person out to get another person, another person out to get that person. So the plot of Bullet Train, Brad Pitt is a like assassin kind of? Former. For hire? Former assassin former, for he's, hire. he's just trying to do like a... He, he's down on his luck. Uh, he, has, he feels like he has bad luck. And all he's just doing a snatch and grab job. That's, okay. that's all he's trying that's to do. That's the whole movie. Yeah. Because I watched the beginning of the movie and Brad Pitt's like on the phone with somebody and he's talking like about his personal life, his yeah. diet, like how he's trying to. It was like the human side of like a serial. It's like the Sopranos kind of like a different side of like, um, you know, the hitman <laughs> mob type guy. It's based off and how of, he's chill. It's kind of it's, it's a funny movie. Yeah, right? it's very I was funny. laughing in the first part of it. It's based off this other movie called Grasshopper. Um which I now actually want to watch. So, it takes place in Tokyo, right? Uh, get on the Tokyo, train or I don't want to say. I want to say it starts in the Shibuya district. Okay, whatever. Anyways, yeah. um, I play a lot. I play a lot of uh, uh, video games that take place in Japan. So I'm trying to make sure I do say it right. But anyways, yeah. But uh, Bullet Train was cool. Um, I watch a lot of documentaries. And yeah, I watch like I've been watching um, Epically Latered on uh, Vice on YouTube. I watch a lot of skate videos. Uh, Have you seen the dark side of comedy documentaries that Vice does? I no, saw, I, I watched the watched, Chris Farley one. I haven't watched Epic. them yet. I haven't finished Epically Later. Those are on my uh, on my list. To I watch. saw one with Artie Lang. Are you aware of what happened to Artie Lang? I know that he has a major drug problem that he can't seem to shake. Yeah, he's still messed up. His nose doesn't look great. Right. He met, he like accidentally snorted glass. And it totally messed up his face. Mm. And they, he was spotted at like a gas station or something, like somebody's cell phone video. And he's unrecognizable. I didn't realize his life had continued down that bad path. I kind of thought he got his shit figured out like as he was on Stern. But that documentary showed that he like relapsed bad after Stern. And uh, yeah, really sad. I like to think of these stories where com- comedians figure it out in their later years and then end up being okay but it's like same with Geraldo we lost Greg Geraldo uh, mm-hmm. through his drug problems which sucks he's one of my was well, still is but my favorite comics um, mm-hmm. very smart very poignant very quick yeah uh, there's a new documentary brutal. on Netflix right now called Senior I don't know if you've heard of SR? it. SR? SR. Okay, I didn't I, I, I see it in my uh, recently added but I haven't watched it's it it's Robert Downey Jr.'s father and he's making a documentary about his dad Okay. Who, I don't know if do you know about Robert Downey Jr.'s dad? Yeah. He was a movie director? Yeah. Yeah, so you probably I didn't I didn't know a lot about this, but uh really good. It was cool to see a guy um his dad is like pushing 80 and he was still getting excited cuz the part of it was he was making his own movie in the movie or in the documentary. To see a guy that creatively stimulated at his age still making shit, I was like, dude, that's so cool. It's just like, like, just like Clint the Eastwood. shine doesn't wear off when you're old. He still wanted to make stuff. So it's like Clint Eastwood's very much the same in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, you make art like till you die. And uh, I thought it was really cool. And the other thing that uh, I didn't realize was uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s dad directed Putney Swope, which um, I haven't seen that movie, but it's this really alt underground movie. Um, that's I, I think hilarious, and Louis C.K. was like one of my favorite comedians. Was inspired by Putney Swope when he got it at a DVD store in New York and watched it 
because it was the most nonsensical creative movie he had ever seen. And uh, Louis talked about it, how he was like, once he saw Putney Swope, he was like, there's no rules to art. Like, you don't have to follow this mold of how to make something. You can make something. You can just make a movie. Yeah. No, and then fu- fucking Louis did Pootie Tang, which was absurd, you know? And it could be bad, but it's still a movie. You know what I mean? Tibata, tibata. Yeah. You don't have to, like, make it all mainstream cookie cutter. You could do whatever the hell you want. And that's, like, where really good, cool shit gets, you know? Um, I re- recently rewatched Equilibrium, which. Uh, Never seen it. Probably one of the best Christian Bale movies ever made. Oh, I thought you were going to say best Christian movies ever made. <sighs> Come on, man. Came out and focus on the family. It's like. Come on, man. The Hallmark. Um, no, it's a good chance. I think it's still on HBO unless they've pulled it finally. Uh, but it's How just, old is it? Sci-fi movie. It came out around the same time as the uh, the second Matrix. Okay, maybe the first one. I don't. It's old. It's, what gonna, is the plot of the movie? Uh, dystopia and like having art is a crime. Ah, and there's a the new martial art called Gun Fu. Gun Fu. Yep. That sounds like martial art with guns. Came around the second time of the Matrix or the second Matrix movie. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, that must have been embedded in the culture at that point. And it, it, it made no money. And we saw we were um, we were bored. I was bound in college at West Virginia University. My friend Clayton, uh, who I'm still friends with to this day, is like, "You want to go to Pittsburgh and watch this weird movie?" I'm like, "I'm always down for yeah. Pittsburgh." I'm definitely Good down for watching the movie. Equilibrium. I'm going to watch that. And he's like, you like Christian Bale? I'm like, I fucking love American Psycho. Yeah. And uh, he's like, all right, let's go see this. Like, what is it called? It's called Equilibrium. I'm like, all right. And and emotions are also like regulated. That's the other mm-hmm. big part of this thing, um, that movie. And we went and watched it. And I was like, <sighs> my mind was blown. Yeah. Um, so it was. It was a. It had a pretty big impact on me. That's cool, man. That's that's what's also cool. So the Netflix documentary Senior I was mentioning. The cool thing that Robert Downey Jr. wanted to do was like kind of expose more people to his dad's shit because it was underground, like not mainstream at all. Like Putney Swope got some recognition and he started to get some recognition back then, but not mainstream at all. So he was like showing a light on like cool art, and uh, I thought that was cool. For that to be on Netflix and like a high viewed thing, pretty cool deal. Oh, and I got because friends of mine have watched it who are not into underground art, and they're like, "Dude, this is cool." That's I, what I'm talking about. Like things of quality still have a way of getting out. Hopefully, I got I got two other things that I've watched that I've recently rewatched a bunch of, and uh, one that I watched that actually kind of really upset me in a good way. Um, I watched finally watched Clerks three. That Clerks was, three was yeah. it good? Uh, it's heartbreaking. It's, oh, shit. It was a rough watch. It was very good. But it was a rough watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to give away the plot. Uh, it's still very funny, but there's there's things in it that will, if you've been following the View Askew universe, like you're fucking, you're, you might cry. I, mm-hmm. I got to a point where I was like, I don't know if I can finish watching this. Clerks 3 is a tearjerker? Yep. Holy shit. And, I have to watch that too. Uh, Killing Music, a dead guy documentary. Mm-hmm. Um uh, growing up in, in, in hardcore, especially in the uh, mid to late 90s, when I started, uh, a band called Dead Guy, uh, mm-hmm. they're on Victory Records. I got to see their inception and how they ended, and how they wrote an amazing record that no one until years later really gave a shit about. It's called Fixation on a Coworker, mm-hmm. and how Tim Singer, the vocalist, was one of the first people that really played around with... Um, early versions of Photoshop and okay. like those kind of like programs to create the art for the record and it's and the art for the shirts. And it yeah. was, it's really mind blowing how he did it. 
and you got to see the evolution of the band, how things changed, and then they got back together last year for the for maybe it was this year. Um, they finally played that record for the yeah. first time, and now they're old men. Mm-hmm. But it was cool hearing them play the record that they never played because they broke up mm-hmm. essentially before that before their milestone record came out. Yeah, that's awesome. So, and this is a good uh, segue. You still do your 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 record show no i know you no i've had i have to i'm gonna have to pivot i'm bringing it back next year uh okay I, but hug, you hugs and hardcore. hugs and hardcore that's the name um of it. i yeah, got if stung. you're interested in that when you do bring it back check out out for adam because uh I've made you go group. deep on that shit i've, I've made the group I'm, I'm gonna make it either private or keep it keep it private or open it back up but i have been stung so many times by riaa violations like what I, are those record like copyright so, shit copyright infringement gotcha yeah but um, I've had I know I and I cannot mention the labels or the bands, but I've had them uh, submit stuff for me mm-hmm. saying he's not stealing from us. Yeah, and yeah, they still Facebook still doesn't care. I'm sorry, social media entity still does not care. Fucking Zuckerberg, and like they're like all he's doing is promoting. That's mm-hmm. all he's promoting, mm-hmm. and like I have receipts from where I've already paid for this shit. Yeah. And they're like, well, we think he's stealing. I don't give a fuck what you think. If you think me playing this record on my speakers is the best way to get music, then you're dumb as fuck. Yeah. But when the, when when bands and labels are saying he's promoting it for us, here's his permission. Yeah. I don't know what else to tell them. Right. Like, like the the people that are the, giving me the violations and the bands and the labels are just getting the, are are backing me. It's just like. That's why I've had to quit it. Yeah, um, I'm gonna let it, um, and that's why I've not gone back to it. It's been very frustrating, but you might go back to it though. Uh, I might do something different. Okay. Actually, I might do something. What if YouTube would be more chill about it? Nope. No. Nope. Sometimes YouTube, like you could put, uh, uh, I don't know. Like I, uh, this format- I've had some old videos that before got flagged on YouTube because I had I did this video project in high school. I actually, my dad sent it to me yesterday. I put it on the YouTube channel. I, I actually uploaded it to my thing. Uh, just to have it and I hope I don't know people might have watched me like what the hell is this but it's a video I made in high school and it has Pink Floyd in the background us and them and the first time I uploaded it when I was in high school because I just put stuff on there um, hey, nobody cared YouTube back then. took well, no YouTube took the really they stripped the thing off now they just credit the song in the comments and then they let you because then they can monetize it However, they want to, I guess, but not everything should be. Not everything's I think trying it has to be monetized. Like four views on the thing so far. People were like, "What the hell is this?" I, I, and here's the: I'm not even trying to monetize my anything I do out of that. Yes, yeah. that's, that's the thing. Oh, I, I'm not trying to. No, either. But, but like that was what bothered me the most. Is like I'm not trying to monetize. But this maybe shit. the band can get paid for it if it's on a separate video. I don't know. On YouTube, they, they, they don't, when they say, "Hey, he's doing promotion for us," that's their monetization. Is like their people might get they might get someone to buy the record, right? Go for see sure. Them play live for sure. And but they again, they don't want to see that side of things. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you got anything uh, you want to wrap up with so I can go have a cigarette? And then yeah. Oh yeah. You fiending? Yeah. Yeah. I've been my nicotine apparatus. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not gonna smoke in your apartment because that's just rude. Yes. Yes, we can't smoke in here. But yeah, man. Um, any final questions you got? Any burning questions? Um, no burning questions. Um, asked about Greenville comedy. Yeah. Anything specifically? Well, we could do just the shout-outs. Anything you want to? Radio. We talked about some of them. Radio room coming back. Yeah. Radio January to back. Wednesday. Uh, I don't know when this is coming out per se, but um, uh, I will give some quick shout-outs whether it's happened or not. Uh, our annual Toys for Tots show at the flat is coming up on the 17th of December. We've been yep. lucky to be doing shows there for eight years. Um, 
So I'm happy to have that show back, uh, mm -hmm. whether this comes out before or after. Um, we'll have to see. If you miss it beforehand, if this comes out after and you missed it, it's okay. Come to the next one or just, you know, donate locally. Um, what else? Uh, I'll be at Brad Deaton's uh, show on the 30th with Travis Thubbend and Woo! myself at the uh, Palmetto Distillery in Anderson. That's an awesome show. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to get there. I am terrified to be on the road at mm -hmm. that point not so much because it's anderson or whatever but it's the time of the month and the time of the year because mm -hmm. right before new year's and everyone's you know you know drinking and driving and mm -hmm. i'm not a fan of that but it'll be i think it's gonna be a uh, really fun time doing that um what else i know i had other stuff to shout out oh, that's cool i usually do anything else we can you know just hit me up we can do it in the intro uh um, but no, give me a second. Uh, shout out to uh, uh, all the record labels that make me continuously spend money <laughs> on stuff that I really enjoy. Uh, shout out to all the bands that keep me interested and feeling young for putting out aggressive music. Oh, uh, on the 18th of December, I will be in Winston-Salem area for the first time in probably the better part of 15 years. Uh, a bunch of... North Carolina hardcore bands are going to be playing a benefit show for a friend of mine that died earlier in the year. It's going to be for my friend, John Rivera, who used to run head first records and uh, punks on paper, which is like a North Carolina uh, online zine. You can just Google that and you can find all the, uh, all the show flyers that he put together in an archive to show the kind of the history of underground North Carolina music. And that's still available. I don't think it's been updated since he passed, but uh my best friend and I are going to get to see uh, Prayer for Cleansing, who we haven't seen in like close to 20 years. Undying, who we haven't seen for close to 20 years. Code 7 is going to play uh, Division of Labor EP for the first time in years. We saw them last year at Farmers Fest, but it was their more recent stuff. And we're going to see uh, Catharsis for the first time. We're going to see Azazel play their full EP. Uh, Riot Stairs is going to be there. Um, <laughs> who else? I know I'm forgetting the other bands, but those the 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 fir the first few bands were bands I got, I got to grow up seeing when I moved to North Carolina, and they were all those dudes were always cool. That'll be cool, man. Um, I'm I plan on blowing my vocal cords out. And like, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm stretching, and I'm going to be uh, stage diving and head walking. Hell yeah! And I'm going to be it's be bittersweet. Mm -hmm. But I get to see a lot of my friends that I haven't seen in like 10, 15, 20 years, and it's for a good cause. So I love it. I love you know, it. Well, uh, dude, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's awesome to have had you on again. Thank you for and having I'll, me. Yeah, no, no worries. I want to say, like, you know, we've done this show, like, a long time. Yeah. I was looking back the other day, because, you know, Spotify sends you, uh, everybody put their raps out there, but they do it for, like, podcasts, too. And they sent me just, like, all the episodes we've done, and, like, it's just, uh, you know, you were on it early and been on a few times, and it's just cool. I appreciate it. It's been great, like, you know hanging out and I'll come you supporting back as many, the young as many times as you uh, as you as you will have me well it's just cool like time passes you do comedy more and you appreciate the people that are like still around and still doing it and like it's just freaking cool i don't want to get all sentimental but like no be something you start a project you stuck with it not everybody does that anymore mm -hmm. but so it's not yeah it's like it's it only happens if people are like willing to do it and like people who like you know are actively doing comedy and doing the local stuff so you know it's it's been fun to to do and uh it's cool to go back and watch old ones because you go back and watch old clips from like a year ago. It's like how different, you know, and how much people have like grown and things have changed. So, yeah, it's freaking cool. I get nostalgic and all weird, but yeah. So, 
Appreciate you coming on, bro. No problem. I wonder what I want to know what this is going to be like five years from now. That's yeah, yeah. I'm I'm interested in that because things that have like little improvement people, that people do all the time, like comedy, is that you know. But that's why I want to keep doing it as long as possible, and uh, you know, as long as people will talk to me, I'll do it. So it's freaking cool. I think people will talk to you for a long time because one, it strokes our egos, and two, it's it's just a lot of fun. Ego stroking for yeah, sure. Ego for stroking. Sure. I don't know. Um, uh, as as usual, I uh, I enjoy being on this this podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming out digitally. Uh, this has been David Baker. <laughs> My name is Adam Schulte. Thank you so much. Take care of each other. Be kind. Good night. See you guys.